0: Hello and welcome to the We Are Geeks Horror Channel and our Child's Play Retrospective Podcast, where every Friday we'll be covering a new instalment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to wearegeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films that are currently in production through our publisher We Are Tessaly We Are Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced and no infringement is intended. And geeks. geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome back to the We Are Geeks Horror Channel as we are taking you through our Child's Play Retrospective Podcast. I'm your host Al White and joining me for the entire franchise is Alexander Chad. <laughs> 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 Fucking Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and Alison amazing
1: Holland. that's me.
0: The three owls back together another Friday another <laughs> Chucky movie the first Chucky movie though in many yeah. ways because this is the first film to deviate from the Child's Play Monica, we are of course talking about Bride of Chucky from 1998 directed by Ronnie Yu written by Don Mancini yet again music by Graham Revell who's returning from Child's Play 2 and starring a whole bunch of people who I'll get to in a second but hey guys how you doing? Very well, thank
2: you. Very excited yeah, very to talk well. about this film.
0: We're finally there. We're at we're at the film, which I said in the end of last episode. Because I didn't know if you guys knew or not. This is the film that most Chucky fans herald as their favorite. It had quite a lot of good critical acclaim. Did pretty well at the box office. The films have been away for seven years after all of the stuff we talked about. Charles Play Three. The cycle of movies was getting a little bit stale. His ideas were drying up a little bit, and then they had all of those very tragic problems with the real life deaths that had happened. So yeah, it was it was out of fashion for seven years really before they managed to bring it back. Now in 1998, so we are very much for me in my teen years or my late teen years, and just after slasher films had kind of come back with Scream, postmodernism, which I guess nowadays would be called meta. Is there a difference between postmodernism or meta? Is that just the, the millennial way to say it? I think it's
2: there's a difference in the spellings of the two.
3: Oh, <laughs> that's, interesting. That's the key.
0: <laughs> you may leave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Al, if you fire both of us, it's just you talking.
0: Yeah, I know. I've done that podcast before, You've already before, fired actually. me this morning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I'm still version,
0: here. Uh, the original version of the Geeks podcast was called Movie Murmurs, and I think you can still listen to them at moviemurmurs.com. And there was a point where my (laughs) podcast buddy, Tom, couldn't join me for some, so I did these 30-minute podcasts where I just talked to myself, (laughs) basically. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just me running through all the films or games that I've been playing that where you can just kind of give my opinions, and it was so depressing. It stopped the entire podcast, basically. love it. (laughs) So thank you both for being here. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, so we're in 1998. All right, let's get some landscape on this. Alison, you normally like to take us through the top 20 films that came out each year. I'm excited for '98 because that's right when I was I was seeing so many films in '98. I've seen so I want to I want to yeah tick off the boxes of we'll how many.
1: See how many of these you've seen? Starting at number twenty, we have Stepmom.
0: Oh no, no. i haven't seen seen we've already hit a
2: stumbling block. <laughs> oh <mark>. man, <laughs> what <laughs> is that? It. I don't know what that is.
0: <laughs> Isn't that with it's like Julia Michael Roberts
1: and Susan Sarandon? Oh
0: Julia Roberts. Oh, I remember the poster. No, I never saw it.
1: That's good. That's all you need to see. Good start. Good start. <laughs> Number nineteen, Haruka will be excited with this. The Mask of Zorro.
0: Oh, oh. Antonio Benitez. Yeah. Yeah. I'll <laughs> be honest. I didn't see this either.
1: <laughs> did, <laughs> are you lying? Line. Did you actually see movies in '98? No, no, I did not. <laughs> Number eighteen <laughs> is Shakespeare in
0: Love. Oh goodness! Yeah, I did see this. I didn't like this movie. Everyone loved it.
2: Is this the one with Gwyneth Paltrow that she won an Academy Award for? Yeah. Yeah. Silly.
0: Yeah. Silly. Big Oscar-nominated movie. Yeah. Creating lies about Shakespeare. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Number he seventeen. Never in love is the Rugrats movie.
0: Oh wow! Is that the Rugrats movie? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I did see that actually. That was alright. Another
2: film <laughs> with a character called Chucky. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh, good that's point. true. And similar look. Yeah, that's but true. Not actually. the redhead one. <laughs> yeah. That's right.
1: <laughs> Number 16 was The Prince of Egypt.
0: This oh, is, a gr- I think, that is one yeah. of the best animated movies that no one talks about. I think just because it's a religious movie, it's based on the, you know, on the actual, what do you call it?
2: Tale of Moses.
0: Yeah, like the chapter from the Bible. It's the, really one, good the one, the one chapter this,
1: from the Bible.
0: <laughs> that one chapter. I don't know remember what you call it, where it's a thing from the Bible. <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway.
2: Is but that us, Dreamworks?
0: No. Did DreamWorks make that film? Yeah, it was dream- early DreamWorks, and th- the music in it, the songs in it, were like theater music. It was more like a theater musical than a cartoon musical. Like they were oh. real, like Les Mis style songs.
2: I'm the prince um, of Egypt. <laughs> that, was that was the best one.
0: <laughs> I remember some weird stat with that. Like when he parts the ocean, it took something like twenty people three months to animate ten seconds of it, or something ridiculous. Wow, like, wow. something. Just off the scale. Which now you could probably do in one afternoon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is why tech-based animation is depressing. There you go. A really good movie.
1: Good. Good to know. Number 15 is... (laughs) You don't don't give a
0: shit, Ali.
1: (laughs) Why are you laughing?
0: It's a musical. It's a musical that I like. I know. I was being genuine.
1: I'm the prince of Egypt. Number 15. Enemy of the state.
0: Oh, is that? Oh no, Enemy at the Gates was the sniper one. What's Enemy at the State? Is that the Will Smith Will one? Will Smith. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that we were, we were in those Runaway Jury years and the client and the firm and all of that stuff.
1: The client, John the firm. Grisham.
0: Just all of those sort of political drama thriller. Yeah. Films. Runaway Bride.
1: <laughs> Number fourteen is You've Got Mail.
0: Oh. Tom Hanks. Another Tom Hanks.
1: political drama.
2: <laughs> was this <laughs> cutting was, edge? Was this kind of like this, <laughs> this was supposed to be like a sort of spiritual kind of sequel to Sleepless in Seattle, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was kind of. Yeah, it was a bit. Only updating it with the old email, which was pretty cutting edge at the time. We're in '98. Yeah. That was really when I think internet <laughs> yeah. got into every home was '98 in the UK. Anyway. Yep.
2: I had a 56k modem. It's pretty
0: fast at the time. Mm-hmm.
2: We may have upgraded Ooh. to a 128k. <laughs> Do you know those sounds, Allison?
1: No, Allison tell me making? what they are, please. <laughs> I wasn't alive. You don't know those <laughs> sounds?
0: Oh, that breaks my heart.
1: I'm... No one's reading my sarcasm today.
0: Anyway, no, 13, really
1: <laughs> back to animation. We have Mulan.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, who's loves? Is it you who loves Mulan, Ali?
1: I mean, I do love Mulan. I don't know that I talk about it often.
0: <laughs> I think you're. You're pop- Hercules, aren't you?
1: I love Hercules. Yeah. There it is. I also love Mulan, but.
2: But not as much as Hercules.
1: Yeah.
0: Interesting. I'm not a big fan of Mulan. No. No.
1: Why? That's all I have to say, Tamara. That's it.
0: <laughs> Mulan. No, he's wrinkled his nose. Tamara's in the room, just doesn't (laughs) like it.
1: Number 12, The Truman Show.
0: Fantastic. What a movie. What a movie. Amazing! One of Jim Carrey's finest, without a doubt. Fantastic score. So the score from this, because you had a lot of Philip Glass in this. But what they did, they actually did something very unusual. They took score from other movies and then used it in The Truman Show. So it's kind of like a best hits compilation of Philip Glass and then some other people. Ah, I didn't know that. That's a cool little... Trivia point: Have you seen, have you seen this film, Ellie? No, I haven't. <gasps> Brilliant, Alex. <laughs> Some elements from it are actually the inspiration, well, partial inspiration for a movie that we're in post production on at the moment, which we're not talking about yet. But yeah,
1: <gasps> more oh more God. shock. <laughs> <laughs> Number eleven is Lethal Weapon four.
0: Lethal Weapon four, yeah. I remember *Lethal Weapon* three. I don't remember *Lethal Weapon* four at all, but it happened, I guess.
1: Moving into the top ten, we have Patch Adams.
0: Ah, oh, I like Patch. Robin Adams. Williams. R.I.P. Yeah, I didn't like this movie. <laughs> Not allowed to say anything bad about a Robin Williams film.
1: <laughs> now that he's died. Yep. Yeah. Number nine is Godzilla.
2: Oh my oh. god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. No, remember that song? You got Is that Puff Daddy who did that? That He took a riff from like a Rolling Stones song or something. Great soundtrack. You got John Reno in it. Tanro, how do you feel about the 1998 American remake of Godzilla? Does it even afford our opinions? (laughs) Japan does not like (laughs) the 1998 remake of Godzilla. It's terrible. No, it's a pretty bad movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Number eight, we have Deep Impact. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh so this must be the year that armageddon came out that's going to be higher up on the list because these are the days when hollywood made two identical movies each year. yeah <laughs> for no reason
2: i watched deep impact i think it was on tv or something not long ago also a very bad movie
0: <laughs> Terrible. it is a bad movie <laughs> <Terrible> <laughs> morgan effect. freeman's in that isn't he
2: yeah Taylor. leone i can't even remember who else
1: elijah Awful. wood morgan freeman
2: there you go, Elijah Wood. Mm. Uh, what's her name? Lily Subieski. Whatever happened to her?
0: Oh, is she really? Is Lily yeah. Subieski there? I used to love her.
2: Yeah, she was cool. Haven't seen her in yeah, anything in a long time.
0: I'm gonna look her up. <laughs> I used to send her emails about ten years ago, and she never replied. <laughs> before the dates of social waiting. media,
1: maybe she'll hear this. And yeah, reach I'm still out waiting.
0: She'll get back to me. She'll get back <laughs> to me.
1: You've got mail. Number seven is Rush Hour. <laughs> ha.
0: Jackie Chan. <laughs> Who's the lead in that? I forgot. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Yeah, these old oh, hound. Yeah, we shouldn't talk about these movies this week because these are Brett Ratner movies. Not Out. talk Let's, about yeah, Brett Ratner yeah. right now. Let's move along.
1: <laughs> Number six, Doctor Doolittle.
0: Oh, is that the, the little? Oh no, it's not. I'm thinking of Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I'm thinking of Stuart animals <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could they have a combo, Doctor Doolittle and Stuart Little, to make? Dr. Stuart Little.
1: <laughs> Dr. Stuart Little. They could. <laughs>
0: that would be the best versus movie ever. I that would
1: work because make
2: he's a talking mouse yeah. and he would be able to talk to animals exactly. and people. You're onto something, out. Oh right? I think.
0: Well, Stuart's a talking mouse. He doesn't need hand- to be
1: able to talk to animals.
0: <laughs> we'll just tweet it out. Dr. Stuart Little. That is all. We'll see if it catches on.
1: <laughs> Someone do it.
2: Or it could be shortened to Dr. Stu Little. Ooh.
1: <laughs> I like that. Number five, we have the water boy.
0: Oh, the- oh, Adam Sandler was getting into the top five in those days. Wow. That's a sign of the nineties for sure. You're, that you're, was one of his worst films. You're a big Adam Sandler fan, aren't you, Al? Can't, I just love him. Just can't get enough can't get enough of that Sandler action. This is one of his worst films, and that's saying something. That really is. A terrible. Terrible movie.
1: Well, we're moving back to animation with number four. We have a bug's life.
0: Fun. Hey, so we're just at the beginning of CGI animation. Bugs Life was well, Ants was first, wasn't it? And then a the Bugs Life. Yeah, was, it was the a Bugs CGI. Life
2: was a Bugs Life. Pixar's second film after Toy Story.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. And Ants was like DreamWorks' first CGI one. And I think Ants just predated a Bugs Life, didn't it? Or Was it the other way around? Yeah, I'm before. not sure. I'll check. I'll check up on that. You keep going, Ali.
1: Top three. There's something about Mary.
2: Ha. Huh. <laughs> I love this comedy. Yeah, yeah, I think we've talked about this before, Al. You are not a fan of this comedy?
0: I don't hate it. This was, I thought it was fine. I just didn't love it in the same way as most people. There's only so far coming the hair can get me. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me? <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how far does it get you? Spoilers. <laughs> it gets me through doorways very quickly. Oh my God. Ali, before you continue... Do you only have two more films to go? I do. I'm going to hazard a guess then because...
1: I was going to suggest that actually.
0: I was going to say we can figure it out, I think. Because it's a bug's life year and I'm almost certain Ants came out the same year. And because it's a deep impact year, I know Armageddon came out the same year. So I'm going to guess Armageddon at number one and Ants at number two. All right. Whoa, Alex, like any it. guesses? I'm going to
2: say Armageddon number one. Number two, I'm not going to say Ants, but I don't have a guess because I can't think <laughs> of anything.
0: Okay. <laughs> I lo- I love that movie.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't think of anything. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah. But you are both correct that Armageddon is in the top two. It is Ooh, number what? two. It is not number one. What? Holy number shit. One What's number one is saving private Ryan.
0: Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Hang on. Then what the Do
1: you want me to look up when Can Ants you go further down,
0: down that list? Yeah, because Ants came out in 1998 nineteen ninety eight. I've got it up right now. Yep. This is 99. the
1: IMDb top US grossing feature films released between How far January 1st to December 31st.
2: You put too much faith in Ansel.
0: That was a good movie. It had the same themes as Fight Club. <laughs> We've talked about <laughs> this many times and I'll always bang on about it. It really does. It's, it's It has the same uh, theme as Fight Club. It made 91 million in the US. You don't have further down than Top 20 alley there in front of you? Nope. All right. We should probably move on with our lives because people here to listen to podcasts. I'm hung up on where the fuck is Ant in this top 20 list. David <laughs> for Obviously, fantastic movie. Um, really great.
1: Oh, you know what? Ants is at 21.
3: Ooh. Oh, I just scrolled down the list.
0: <laughs> 21. Yeah, I thought it wouldn't be at number two, but I was like, where the hell else could it be if it's not on this list? But wow. 21. Okay. All right. Fair enough.
1: There you go. Sorry to break it, your I heart I mean, it's out. not a
0: good one to go back to, to be fair. Saving Private Ryan are great, but if you like Saving Private Ryan, just go watch Band of Brothers and then The Pacific because that's a better version of Saving Private Ryan. Mr. Alexander Chard, Hello. let's get back to horror, shall we? Yeah, let's... Because there was no horror on that list whatsoever. Shocking. Unless you count The Waterboy. Sure. <laughs> so do you want to take us through some of the horror films that came out in
2: 1998, please? Of course, here we go. So starting off with Children of the Corn 5 fields of terror
0: ha! i remember i've watched part of
2: children of the corn is that Ch- stephen king children of the corn
0: yes yeah, stephen king and linda hamilton was in the first one yeah i think but i not watched a good movie none yeah, of them are good movies
2: not a good movie i think i remember watching part of the first children of the corn with tanro actually when we were doing like Tamar, research really? for some of our improv, <laughs> well, hang on a second. Tamro
0: happens to be in the same room. Tamro, can you confirm or deny? Did you watch some of Children of the Corn with Alex once? We didn't watch it all because it was really bad. His reply is, "What? <laughs> so,
1: Wait, what?
0: The haze of his youth. He can't remember anymore. Well, what else came out that year? <laughs> curse of the Puppet Master. So." Yeah, Puppet Masters seem to be coming out every single time we do one of these podcasts. I was going
1: to say, this is, we've, this is the fourth time we've heard this. this
0: is, is this a franchise we're going to visit? I there were two in the same year, weren't there? No, uh, well, I've never seen a Puppet Master film, to be fair. could be amazing. But from the trailers I've watched, yeah. Deep Rising. This was kind of this a big cinema film, actually, with like a sort of tentacled sea monster, and they're on this big cruising ship, and there's a cool jet ski... It's a bad movie. It's very tacky. It's like a B movie, but made for the big blockbuster, basically. The Faculty.
1: Yeah.
0: By Rodriguez. We have covered this, me and Ali and Katie, over on our Invasion of the Body Snatchers podcasts, which you can listen to right now. Go to iTunes, type in we Geeks. Off you go. <laughs> Off you go. Bye-bye. Okay, now Bye-bye. is this one called
2: <laughs> H2O or H20 20 years later?
0: People call it H2O 20 years later. This is Halloween 7. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis came back with Steve Miner, who directed Friday the 13th, part two and three. This is legitimately my favorite slasher movie of the 90s. I like it more than Scream, and I'm very excited to finally cover it when we get to our Halloween series in 2018. Spoilers, it's my favorite slasher movie. (laughs) (laughs) I still know what you did last summer. The sequel to I know what you did last summer. Also, I think it's the very first, if not one of the very first appearances of Jack Black on film.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yep. Oh. Playing a stoner, a stoner at the stoner.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is uh, this is a bad movie, but I think it's one of those good fun nineties bad movies. Yeah,
2: for sure. <laughs> yeah, did he work at the resort? Or was he just a stoner that was there? I can't remember.
0: He was like He's working at the resort like doing chores or something, but all he seems to do is try to sell people weed the whole time.
2: That's right. Yeah. The Last Broadcast? Haven't heard of that one.
0: That one's really important. The Last Broadcast is a pseudo-documentary with interspliced fake interviews with people about some kids who went into the woods and got lost and died. Sounds amazing. And it is is literally, and I mean this factually, it is the film that the creators of Blow Witch Project walked out of and were cited as saying we can do that but better and then they went and made the Blair Witch Project and they did to be fair to them they did it but better but it is the precursor to the Blair Witch Project cool that's where they got most of their ideas from
2: awesome I, I didn't know if you're going to still say something there you looked like you were
0: in- <laughs> <laughs> no I just like the, preg- the pregnant Deep pause the pregnant is good I think
2: <laughs> another franchise which I think was mentioned last time Phantasm 4 Oblivion
0: yeah, this is like Puppet Master. This is another weird franchise I've never strayed into. And they just keep bringing them out, but none of them look good. So I'm always <laughs> like, eh. never quite been that desperate. Ringu. The original Ring movie from Japan. Since so it's the beginning of Asian invasion of uh, horror films coming <laughs> over, Tamro looks excited.
2: <laughs> has ta- Excellent can, movie. Can you really ask really Tamro if he's watched this film?
0: Tamro, have you seen the first Ring movie, The Japanese? He has indeed. Yes, indeed. that's
1: surprising he hates horror films
0: he does he does actually haruka who's a friend of the podcast and was also on a danny boyle show and many other things she just arrived with us yesterday and she was offering to do her Sadako impression crawling out <laughs> that sounds awesome she? it's very and good, terrifying she's actually real. i've seen it a few times before she's got a great staccato walk going on
2: urban legend
0: so yeah there you go another great 90s safe slasher movie this is a good one you got well, not amazing, but it's a decent movie. You've got What's-His-Face, Pacey from Dawson's Creek. That's right. Yeah, I remember this one. Yeah, I quite like this movie. Good fun. Vampires? This is what John Carpenter was doing in 1998. It's, all I remember from this movie is it was disappointing, and then there's one sentence at the end. That I don't remember what it was, but it was hilarious, and it had us all laughing for about 10 minutes straight. <laughs> and I don't know if it was meant to be hilarious or not, and I can't remember what the sentence was, but I kind of now want to go back. And finally,
2: rounding out the list... The remake, shot for shot, I think, of Psycho.
0: Yeah, Gus Van Sant, Vince Vaughn, and other people too. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> like, <don't> others. <laughs> Yeah, this was completely... But to be fair to him, like you read interviews with Guth and Son, he did it as this perverse, that he knew they were going to remake Psycho and he didn't think they should. So he stepped in to remake it shot by shot to make it basically as pointless as possible. And it was kind of this artistic expression to uh, to understand how art changes when you just replicate it, essentially. He wasn't trying to make a decent movie. He was making an experimental film. Interesting. It's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. But it is interesting, I guess, to watch back-to-back with the original And have two films shot for shot, but split by whatever it is, like 30 years or 40 years or whatever.
2: And there you go. That
0: concludes our Horror of 98 list. Okay, but so that does help us a lot, though, because we are... There was no Scream film that came out that year, but we're only getting... a still know what you did last summer. We're only getting Urban Legends. We're only getting the return of Halloween with Halloween 7 because of Scream. And because since the last Chucky movie... We had had a change around. Postmodern humor had come into film to being a bit self-referential, but we're also getting a return of slasher icons. Thus, Chucky has to come back. And thus, he has to be funny this time. He can't be, we can't be playing it just for horror. You've got to have some horror in there. You've got to have more teenagers in there. You've got to be self-referential. Let's see if this movie ticks all of those boxes, shall we? Let's do it. So, yeah, starring Jennifer Tilly as Tiffany, an Oscar-nominated actor returning to the Child's Play franchise. <laughs> We have Catherine Heigel, who some people might know as Jade. We'll get to that name later. We have Nick Stabile or Stabile. I don't know how you say him. <laughs> as Jesse. Alexis Arquette. As- <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> I enjoy hearing you say Zavza. It's good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, we have Gordon Michael Woolvet as uh, David. And John Ritter as Chief Warren Kincaid, budgeted at $25 million, so the most expensive Chucky movie yet, by quite some margin, by about $10 million, grossed over $50 million worldwide. The only little facts before to get into with this was that Julia Stiles was originally cast to play Jade, but then she dropped out to play her role in 10 Things I Hate About You, Ah. which you might think, good job, Julia Stiles, but... Catherine Heigl's still around. Where's Julia Stiles these days? That's a good point. I let's ask you, if she had been in Chucky,
2: check. she'd be fine. She was in the blast. Katie's born screaming old. from the no, other
0: no. room because she's in a TV show right now. <laughs> that apparently is doing quite well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else are we gonna get into? Oh yeah, also. So this movie, here we go. Because Child's Play three was technically set in 1998. This movie's coming out in 1998. So on the official Child's Play timeline, this film is set one month after Child's Play three which I don't know if you guys caught that when you're watching it. Did you guys watch it as if plenty of time had passed or was it clear to you this is one month later?
2: I went into it knowing because in watching the last one and reading up on the last Child's Play film, I accidentally read, well, not necessarily a spoiler, but I read that the next film would be set like immediately after those events.
1: I didn't catch that. For some reason... I, th- I don't know if it was right when... Oh, you know what? I tried to watch this on the plane. So when I downloaded it, a little like log line came on that said something about Chucky's been stuck in this body for 10 years. So I assumed it was at least two years after the last one, because the last one they kept saying Andy had... It was eight years after Andy.
0: Right, right, right. So I was
1: assuming it at least two years had passed.
0: Nope. It's one month. That's all. So this is a Got back-to-back. It. You could... Luckily, Child's Play 3 had you know, the sensibility to portray 1998 in an accurate fashion with Atari Lynxes still being played by kids and <laughs> <laughs> things like that. So, so they, they fit seamlessly together. But unlike most horror movies where they do get into a muddle, at least with this, they had that seven-year gap so they've managed to catch up to the time they're meant to be at. Yeah. So at least it sort of rectified things. Oh yeah, just to clear things up before we move forward, I have seen this film before. I've seen it, I think, maybe twice before. Haven't seen it though in maybe 10 years. Ali, never seen it before. Correct. And it sounds like you watched it on a plane?
1: I was I tried to on my way back last night and it didn't download before I got on the plane, so then it wouldn't let me watch it. So I watched it when I got home Aww. with Laden.
0: <laughs> lucky lucky. yeah Uh Alex, had you seen this one before?
2: I'd seen watching it back, I'd realised I'd seen parts of it, but for some reason had no recollection of some parts. I I don't know if it was just whether it'd been on TV or something, but but there were bits I was like, Yeah, I've definitely seen this and so yeah.
0: Okay. So we kick off with some Munster style opening credits. The fun. <laughs> the credits yeah. were just hilarious. <laughs> that was so Just expecting to hear like the Adams Family music or something.
2: Yeah. I wrote spooky font titles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Then we open up on a stormy night. We're at Lockport Police Department Evidence Depository and we scan past a series of iconic horror props that are all locked up in different little gates, whatever you call them. What do you call it? Lockers, I guess. (laughs) In little And then we hit upon an officer. We're going to get to them. Uh, So we hit upon an officer, Rob Bailey, who opens up 22408, an unsolved locker, and pulls out a black bag. So immediately, if you're a horror fan, and particularly in this decade of our post-scream, this is the right way to start your movie. So let's see how many we got, shall we? There's a lot stuffed in here, and there's some that I don't understand, I'll be honest. (laughs) So in the first one, you're seeing a meat cleaver. Like a meat pounder. I don't know what that's from. I have no idea. Uh, apparently, the Puppet Master dolls are also in, that, in there somewhere to the right of the screen. Then we're going to get Jason's mask. Yep, got that. We're going to get Freddy Krueger's glove. Mm-hmm. Got that. We're going to get Michael Myers' mask. We're going to get the Texas Chainsaw's chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> we're guessing.
1: Leatherface's chainsaw.
0: Yep. And there's apparently a crate, which is from the movie Creep Show as well. I think that's all of them. There's a gun in there as well, but I have no idea what the guns trying to go for. That's right next to that meat. Pounder. America. But yeah, the gun is represents America. But yeah, immediately a great opening to just have all of these nods, even if they're not like the Jason mask does not look like a proper Jason mask, but but they're cool nods all the same.
1: I wonder if that was a problem for them to be able to show if they had to pay a lot of money to get permissions or.
0: Yeah, I was wondering that. Like, how does how would that have worked? I would say no, because all of these things to begin with, other than the Freddy Glove, which is obviously bespoke, almost everything else, like the Michael Myers mask was originally a William Shatner mask. Jason's mask is just a hockey mask. A chainsaw is just a chainsaw. Like, you're fine with all that stuff. But even if they did have a problem, yeah, I don't think there's anything that uh, problematic. And even if there was, horror creators are generous. They're not dicks. They like you to do nods. And we'll get to a nod later on in the movie for sure, where it's been passed back and forth a bit. So I think horror, horror makers are just nice people.
2: I loved that intro and sort of, in a way, kind of immediately from the get-go, sort of suggesting that Chucky belongs in, like, this elite class of horror. (laughs) Yeah. Villains and monsters. Like, I really liked that. It was cool.
0: Let's be clear. I think a lot of people know Chucky, but he's never, ever made the money or had the notoriety of, yeah, Jason or Freddy or even Michael Myers, you know, like it's a little bit ballsy for them to go Yeah, he exists in this world <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but this uh, we've talked about this opening sort of accidentally before i don't know if you guys remember but he's still old don mancini is still mining from previous scripts <laughs> this was I'll his original stop. opening from child's play 2 so we said before child's play 2 was going to open with a court case where we're going to see what happened to the mother when she's committed right And it was going to open with this. You're going to have the court case and you're going to have the uh, depository and you're going to see all of these nods to other horror icons. He didn't get to do it then, so he gets to do it now. I would say it fits this movie more, but yeah.
1: Definitely does.
2: For me, like immediately from the start, like for me, there was a real comfort, I guess, in that it felt like a 90s slasher straight away. And I think for me, you talking about like, that being your sort of late teen years for me is like, was, I guess it was like my mid to early teens having that sense. Like right. that that's, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> that's when I think I was, when I first started going to the movies and watching horror films on my own or with friends. Yeah. And that was really cool. Like I just identified with it straight away. The feel and the tone.
0: Yeah. For me, it's yeah. I have conflicting feelings because I love 90s slasher films, even though I appreciate they're very staid and safe but I enjoy them a lot. But this one's kind of, yeah, it definitely feels like that, but what it's doing is quite different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into it. But it definitely feels bigger production values, obviously straight off the bat than anything we've seen before in this series. So the police officer gets his black bag, he drives off with it, rings up someone who's clearly been paid to steal this evidence for, the voices of a sort of femme fatale, and he gets tempted to peek inside the bag while he's waiting for her in a warehouse as he does this, we then see a knife slits his throat, and in walks our new protagonist. It's Tiffany Valentine, played by Jennifer Tilly. She's introduced from her high heels up, <laughs> wearing <laughs> a skin-tight Elvira-style sort of—is it PVC? Yeah. I think I don't really know. Goth costume, lots of cleavage on display, bleached hair, thick lipstick, a beauty spot, and she takes a bag, opens it up, takes a look inside, and there is a very carefully. Because let's clear up. We, we left Chucky decimated by spinning metal blades right. at that fun house. At some point, he got picked up, obviously, taken to the police. This is perfectly sort of, he's cut up, but he's still there. You can see his face very, very clearly. Yep. And she confronts it, says like, hi, Dolly. And then walks off as Rob Zombie's living dead girl soundtrack kicks in yeah which is the perfect song i feel for the beginning of this movie
1: did you notice she pulled she pulled the barber's move of grabbing his hair and pulling his head back and slitting his throat
0: ah
2: creepy barber
1: didn't
0: have a buzz cut oh nice nice Yep. so if he'd had he would have been safe that's why
1: you have a buzz cut al your hair's getting (laughs) dangerously long
2: (laughs) and that when he does get killed with the knife neck because at, at that point in time, the police officer is looking into the bag and we're getting like a POV from the bag. And then we have the jump scare right. to him being sliced. And I feel like that was the first and most convincing jump scare of the franchise so far.
1: Oh, really? Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, for me it was. Yeah.
1: Nice. I think I like the one of him jumping out at... What was his name from last week? Oh, yeah. Tyler, okay, when he yeah, jumps that, out of the box okay, at That one was
2: actually pretty good, but... <laughs> Yeah, this was
1: a good one too. That shot through the trash bag I wrote down was a very Danny Boyle shot, and then that things like that kept <laughs> happening, and I was like, I'm gonna stop writing this down now because there's a lot of little like. Peek-a-boo. Too many Danny
2: Boyle moments. <laughs> Danny Boyle directed this.
1: Did Danny Boyle <laughs> direct Chucky?
0: Well, yeah, we didn't really get into it, but this is Ronnie Yu, who is a Hong Kong director, and he's. Had a quite illustrious career, and he was really known for a series over there called The Bride with the White Hair. So he came to obviously do another Bride movie. We were talking about it last night over dinner. I was like, I really think Hollywood is just that stupid. It's like, oh, he made a Bride movie, perfect <laughs> he can make this one. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's went on to do a film that we have covered twice on these <laughs> retrospectives already, called Freddy versus Jason. So Alex, you and I are very familiar with this director's work. Ali, this might be your first time. Yeah, I'm not sure. But definitely, you can see him honing his kind of. He's got a lot of balls, a lot of style, a lot of great ideas. Some work and some don't, but he has character for sure. Yeah,
1: With
3: where he he's does.
0: placing camera and what he's doing with. How are you feeling about about our new friend, Jennifer Tilly?
1: I like her. I somehow, this sounds familiar. I, I don't know if it's, if I must have like seen a trailer or seen clips from this at some point because immediately when the movie started, I heard her voice in my head. And it's a very, like, if you hear that voice, you know it's hers. So I don't know where I would have... If I if maybe my sister would have watched this and I would have overheard some of it.
0: Right. Well, you might... I mean, she's in Monsters, Inc. Because a lot of people know her voice from that. But she's got a very identifiable voice. She's in yeah, like, she Liar does. Liar. And she became big just before this for Bound, which was actually the film that Wachowskis did before Matrix, which is like this crime thriller, lesbian, sort of sexy noir film. But yeah, she's... Every, so here's, she is the fan favorite for this series and she became very big in the horror crowd because of this series i've never been a fan really <laughs> she drives me she drives me crazy her <laughs> voice drives me crazy yeah and she's so femme fatale that it kind of like it's too cartoonish for me yeah but she's not a, not a popular opinion but
2: and do you and you feel like that right off the bat like when you're introduced to her at this point are you already like yeah
0: i I don't- okay, so when she's introduced here, she's slightly- not to spoil things moving forward with the series, but there are certain nods to her later on, and I kind of- I think I remembered how she becomes culturally to horror iconage in terms of- she's slightly more pulled back here, so she wasn't quite as annoying as I remembered, and I think I like her as a person, okay? It's just the role that she's playing, the way that she dresses, everything's just so over the top, and then combining that with her voice, it's just like- it just doesn't do it for me. But yeah, I'm glad it's working for you guys. (laughs) It so she is. takes the Tonopot Chucky back to her trailer to sew him back together. And then we see that she's obsessed with dolls, which I don't really understand because she knows which doll he was. Yeah. She surely didn't buy all those dolls thinking, thinking one of Chucky. these is Charles Lee Ray. Yeah. But anyway, she's got lots of dolls in her trailer. And she sews been back together. And we get a, a token bunch of newspaper clips that we cut across during the opening credits. This happened a lot in 90s slasher movies to catch you up on the law. <laughs> You're just <laughs> yeah. like, let's just pan by some newspaper clips. They'll get the idea. It also happens in H2O. This one, you get a lot of information. Does anyone really read these things? Do you really get information though, from this, this stuff? I like, just read the titles, really.
1: Which a lot of them say the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. But we do have one new doctored photo that we'll be getting to later on because they're already trying to embed some new lore series <laughs> yes. here in these photos. And the date on the Tiffany's, sorry, on the newspaper clippings at the beginning, this really kind of, I guess, cements the fact that we are a month later. And it also stipulates for sure that he died because his tombstone is 8th November, 1988, which was actually the date of the first movie right. that came out. And then we get to see Chucky now all sewn together. I'm a huge fan of this. Like this for me is the Chucky look. This is what I've been waiting for. There's no subtlety here. No one's going to... You know, you can't do the tension you'd ever do in the first film of, oh, maybe he's just a cute doll. No, he's clearly mm-hmm. a fucking murderer. <laughs> but I love this. This, for me, is the same as when in Friday the 13th we get to part six and he turns into Jason, zombie Jason. This is like monster Chucky, and I love it.
2: Yeah, I thought he looked really cool. Just Yeah, and I kept noticing things throughout the film that I hadn't initially noticed, like bits of... The inside of his sort of skull showing on the side, and then like how she stapled his hair—the hair stapled to the side side. of his
1: head—was so funny.
2: Yeah, it was really, really cool. Like the
1: shot watching her staple it on, and then every time they had a shot of the side of his head, I was just like, "You look ridiculous." That's
2: awesome. Yeah.
0: And just like, because yeah, then she puts an eyeball in her mouth and puts it into his yeah. socket. And just looking like throughout the film at where that eyeball is with all like, it's really horrible. Just mm-hmm. the gristle around it. And I love that shot where she walks into it like...
1: and then like opens her mouth.
0: Yeah. She puts it in it the wrong fun. way around though, because the pupil's looking at us when she puts <laughs> it into his <laughs> <her true>. socket <laughs> and we're true. inside we'll his roll socket. roll it back into place. <laughs> it bothered me. <laughs> so then we cut to David. This is a guy who's going to Jade's huge palatial house that she's living in. To pick her up from, Jade, of course, played by Katherine Heigl. He's briefly grilled by Chief of Police, Warren Kincaid, who turns out to be Jade's foster father, who later on turns out to be her uncle. Yep. But I didn't get that for a long time. I wrote time. down, <laughs> so... is this
1: an uncle? <laughs> I assumed yeah, it was a relative maybe. with the way that they spoke about. Obviously, her parents are gone. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't
0: get that at all. So... Really? Yeah, I didn't get it no because one, I, of, them, I, I one thought... of them
1: mentions her parents so i was like oh well this must be a family member or a godparent because they just talked about her mom and dad but he was
0: being such a dick to her and then she's talking about my parents liked all of my friends and there's nothing emotional from him me. mean, he's just a dick right from the start so i was just like okay for some reason chucky's important to this franchise and so are foster homes yeah exactly why that seems to be an that... important
3: theme.
2: My feeling was with the foster home, like she was going to be a Kyle type, but...
0: Yeah. Yeah. So David seemingly gets a seal of approval from her father who remarks that he's better than her last boyfriend. But with David's series of remarks, including that he's into theatre arts, figure skating, (laughs) and how to look after lilies, (laughs) he apparently reveals that he's actually her gay friend, not her boyfriend. (laughs) But they, they think they've gotten away with it, so they head off to prom. And then the chief sinisterly some would say overly sinisterly, <laughs> rings up one of his cop friends to tell them on the way to prom, as it's then revealed to us that Jade's real boyfriend, Jesse, is waiting hidden in the back seat of the car for her. And then they're, they're all victorious about pulling one over on her uncle, but it's pretty short-lived because then they're pulled over by a cop car straight away.
2: At this point, I was wondering if the cop was Billy Baldwin. Billy Baldwin? <laughs> I was like, is that Billy Baldwin, the cop? But he, I later realized his face never
1: changed throughout the entire movie. Every time <laughs> yeah. he was on screen, he had the weirdest smile on his face with his squinted yep. eyes.
0: Yeah, and they he like looked so happy, so pleased with himself. So yeah, when weird. he pulls
2: them over, they go to a shot of like him in the car smiling and like raising his eyebrows. And I was just thinking, it's raining, <laughs> yeah. it's pouring with rain. They're not gonna
0: see you. Like it's yep. just. Like, so he just he seems to get sexual pleasure out of his work <laughs> job. And you know what? Good for him. I feel like they took the barber character
1: from the last one and separated exactly. him into two. And that's this cop and the chief of police is like his two major personalities.
0: <laughs> that is quite accurate, actually. I like that. His, his spirit moved on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really enjoying David's frosted tips here. That reminds me of the 90s <laughs> yep. perfectly. And did anyone, did you guys notice the weird fly moment? Yeah, but it yes. hits his neck. Yes.
1: <laughs> right when that, that happened, about? I was like, I wonder if that fly would just happen to be there and he just went with it.
0: Yeah, I thought it was so weird. It was, Hilarious. Yeah, it, was like, it was really strange.
2: It's pouring rain. <laughs> They're inside this huge palatial mansion. And suddenly there's a
0: fly. There's, there's like a summer fly just comes <laughs> by and buzzes onto his neck at the end of a shot. He just swats it. It's really
1: weird. It's so funny.
0: Meanwhile, Tiffany, back at her trailer, is doing an incantation to resurrect Chucky. But this time, they have like a sand pentagram that she's putting down inside. It doesn't seem to work. And then her boyfriend clearly modeled on uh, Marilyn Manson. And there's a definite nod to this later on. Who's called Damien, which is also a nod to the little boy from The Omen. Turns up, who is basically a live action cartoon of what a heavy metal goth or Marilyn Manson is. He's carrying with him a Polaroid of a seeming, uh, well, a murder that he's claiming he's committed in a clear attempt to win Tiffany's affections. But she click- quickly susses out that it's just a selfie with him covered in fake blood.
2: <laughs> oh, and also just to mention, she's reading voodoo for dummies.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> so funny.
0: Which I want to know if that was legitimate. Did they release that book? I want to know. I wonder. I <laughs> wanna it's look the, that, it's that actual brand, isn't it? It's that, yeah, yeah it's that same brand. cover.
1: And let me see.
0: Yeah, I have a quick question here. So she's rebuilt Chucky from the same doll parts, yeah, but then she's doing this incantation to bring him back to life again. From the previous movies, haven't we established that his soul is still trapped inside the doll? So all you need to basically do is put it back together, and he comes back to life again. Like, does you need to do a uh, voodoo incantation? I don't. I don't understand.
2: Well, maybe that's the thing: is that her voodoo incantation doesn't actually work yeah so he does just come back to life regardless
0: because he's put back together (laughs)
2: like fuck I can't figure it out (laughs)
0: because he doesn't seem to have many intestines either she's like sewing him together and it's like okay he has to be a normal doll then I guess but then when you bring him back to life does he suddenly get filled with intestines again because it's like what soul are you putting into him Don Mancini have you got the answers Don Mancini's (laughs) Please email us. We are geeks. Yeah, and also I I don't believe her saying this voodoo shit any more than I did Charles. But there you go. Because it was interesting when,
2: when she put the when when we see the pentagram, I f- my feeling was like, oh, they're going to move away from the voodoo stuff, and it's going to be more witchcrafty kind of mm. stuff now. But then, like, the immediately the next shot was voodoo for dummies, and then her doing the incantation. I was like, okay, they're sticking with that.
0: Like, yeah. it's not going to be something. And she's doing a similar, like, incantation rant as well.
1: They both say on delay in there, which I haven't noticed in the other <laughs> films, but at some point they say on delay. And they both do it like, in separate scenes. I feel
0: like they're having like, some fun we? now with this.
2: I will just say, I was very disappointed that I didn't get the classic voodoo clouds during the incantation. Oh, our it Chucky meteorologist.
0: Sort of <laughs> yeah. We have some cloud watch later on, don't we? <laughs> okay, so she turns around and then suddenly realizes that Chucky has gone. So she asks Damien, who clearly dotes not know to check under the sofa, thinking that Chucky would be there, but he's not. We get a terrible clean shot of a camera looking down at a floor, clearly not under a sofa as his hands grabbing around for things. And then we get a brief tarantula scare as her spider Charlotte falls onto his face. And then they head on over to the bedroom where Damien tries to convince her to sleep with him by mispronouncing Le Petit mort. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Le Petit mort. (laughs) As Tiffany then jumps to find that Chucky is sitting next to her. I'm really not enjoying the drama between these two, but I do like the moment when she she turns around and Chucky's gone and you've just got the sort of sand scrabbles from where he's crawled away. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And how excited she looks. Yeah. I do think, quickly, I don't think... It looks like Voodoo for Dummies was created for this movie. It's not God an it. actual book. That's kinda, There's lots of phone cases and cool. wallets them... that say Voodoo for Dummies, Child's Play Edition, <laughs> if you'd like to buy them oh, on Amazon.com. We are not It's cool not
0: they gave sponsor. them the official branding. So, yeah, then Damien grabs Chucky. Chucky does his token. Hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? Sounds a little different in this one. Yeah, I wrote sure down that. A different I thought item. it was mm-hmm.
1: maybe a new voice.
0: Hmm. It has been seven years. Maybe that guy moved on. And I you think they would own the soundbite. Yeah, they have that. The
2: impression that I got, and sort of the, I guess, <laughs> my subconscious reasoning was that Chucky has just become so tired of playing that, you know, like having to put that sort of character and a, voice off to fool people. Because there's like even a bit, oh, we'll get to it later, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see that. Where there's like... The Getting epic- into character reasonings. <laughs> <These> <laughs> yeah, production yeah. problems. Yeah. So then she, Tiffany, tells Damien that it's the actual doll from the murders and she's signed it back together. He doesn't believe her. And then gives the great line of Chucky. He's so 80s. He's not even scary. <laughs> Definitely trying to speak for the audience. And probably the worries of Dan- Don Manzini to bring back Chucky now. It's like, is he still going to work? Because they are trying to play this film for scares and laughs. Yeah. For sure.
2: Okay, so a quick question. When she says it's Chucky from the murders, and this sort of question kept coming back to me throughout the film. In this world now, are we? is it acknowledged that Chucky was somehow involved in all the previous murders?
0: Even though he's- Well, I think she knows. Right. She knows, I think. Because she said, I've been looking for you for 10 years. 10 years ago, though, is when they buried him when he died from the toy store, when actual Charles Lee Ray died. So I think she knows that he used Shambhala to get into the doll and can clearly see, oh, okay, this is clearly his traits. Because it, Charles Lee Ray kept coming up, didn't it, for reasons like tied yeah. to those other scenes, like his fingerprints and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's something she's put it together, even if no one else has, I presume. So Damien then abuses the doll sexually and then throws him aside. So Tiffany handcuffs Damien to the bed and puts Jackie on his belly to watch her as she does a sexy dance. And starts to explain to Damien some new lore for us, the first of two important bits of new lore, which is that she used to date Charles Lee Ray and they lived together for many years. And then she tells Damien how jealous Charles used to get of anyone who would even look at her. In the DVD commentary for this, Jennifer Tilly points out that she had a wardrobe misfunction in this sexy dance and one of her nipples pops out for a second. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, but Jennifer Tilly's always like, she's so funny about this stuff, she doesn't give a shit. She thinks it's all hilarious. So... Are we happy with this? I'm happy with this, actually. I'm quite happy. Like, obviously, he would have dated someone at some point. She seems to be the kind of crazy character that he would have been dating. Yeah. I'm kind of fine with this new bit of lore. Yeah. it's For me, it's believable because it's still
2: related to human Charles Lee Ray, which we haven't heard or found out too much about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But we get enough of his personality through the doll, I think, to understand that. I'm like, I have no doubts that he would be with somebody like her.
0: Mm, Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it just gives him a little bit more context, which is kind of interesting to have at this stage. There are other elements of it. I definitely have problems with, but we're nearly there. Damien then says that he ain't big enough to take care of a woman like you. And then we get Chucky's reveal where it's 17 minutes in. They don't want to drag it on really too long. As his head rotates exorcist style, as he finally reveals himself and replies, it ain't the size that counts. Our soul what you do with it. And then he rips out Damien's lip ring and then puts a pillow over his face and sits on it as he starts to have a conversation with Tiffany. First kill. Kill one. Well, technically kill two because of the police officer. Oh, that's true. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I love this moment. I think the exorcist turn of his head is really cool. And I really like it's a weak shot of him putting the pillow over the guy's head because it just looks like he's tickling him with it. But when he's sitting on it and then just starts talking to Tiffany and Damien's like suffocating under him while they're having a conversation. I think that's fucking great. That for me is the film succeeding in exactly what it's trying to do. Of it's dark, it's still horror, but it's being funny at the same time. Yeah, and playing with the characters well.
2: Yeah, and it's like it really sets up. It really sets up and kind of solidifies all the bits you love about Chucky from the previous films. That it's like he is sadistic, he's a murderer, but there's going to be like this dark kind of humor to him, and it's like immediately gives you all of that in in that one reveal, which is really cool.
0: And you get the C. Tiffany really getting off on it as well, which cements her as, like, all right, she's clearly got this sort of doting romantic side to her, but she's also clearly crazy. Yeah.
2: In the last podcast, I spoke about how I had real issues with the look of Chucky and that he was, looks too aggressive and angry all the time when he was in Chucky mode. But in this one, right from the start, like, this new stitched up face in the effects or, is it cgi or animatronics here is it like a mixture of both
0: majority anima animatronics yeah yeah so like almost, it's just
2: for me already like on another level it's so nuanced and so dynamic and it looks really cool like i'm already yeah, like, it did. so on board with this chucky and how he looks and speaks and stuff
0: yeah he does a lot of great expressions in this in this film and lots of great dexterity with his arms and fingers and stuff yeah he's definitely the most alive that he's been And a little insider joke here as well, because he does his Exorcist turn of the head. Brad Dourif, who plays, obviously, Chucky, was in The Exorcist 3 in 1990. And in The Exorcist 3, that film itself has a reference to child's play. So they're just basically passing back and forth (laughs) between them. Which is a very horror thing to do. Meanwhile, in case you forgot about them, Jade and Jesse and David, uh, they're all being breathalyzed by the cop who pulled them over as her uncle, the chief. I'm just going to call him the chief from now on okay because why not halo him he turns up to bust them for lying (laughs) we get some insane dialogue here for starters he says jade when you're 18 you can go to hell for all i care (laughs) and then then jesse turns to him says you fuck and then he turns to jesse and says but you won't not jade anyways not (laughs) anymore (laughs) it's absolutely fantastic and then he threatens to do a fake drug test on them to keep them apart and says i'll make you look like christian slater on new year's eve yeah <laughs> that life is insane <laughs> well, it's like, i i don't know if that joke plays still i guess it does because christian Slater is in mr robot now so he's like he's come back <laughs> but there was a definite decade where everyone being christian who <laughs> worked for 1998 for sure yeah and then he, he accuses this kid so he hates jesse so much and he says he basically doesn't want Jade to end up on was it like a Jerry Springer show, yeah, because she's going out with this trailer trash, yeah, so he goes through all the efforts he goes through this film to keep them apart because for a girl he doesn't even give a shit about, like it's so weird, and this guy, Jesse's meant to be trailer trash low life, he looks like an Abercrombie model, it's ridiculous, he does. totally He's just not buying. Anything that's happening with any of these people whatsoever. None of the relationships. (laughs) Other than David. I quite like David. (laughs) (laughs) And then Jade just turns to Jesse in front of her uncle and says, I wish we really could choose our own families. (laughs) And then gets dragged (laughs) off by our uncle. (laughs) But then we're back with Tiffany and Chucky and she's cooked him some Swedish meatballs, which apparently is his favorite. And then revealed that she thought Chucky was wanting to marry her before he died because she found a ring which she presumed was for her, but then Chucky tells her that she's fucking stupid and laughs, laughs in her face. I love <laughs> this. It was from abroad that he murdered and the ring was worth good money, so he was keeping hold of it. So then we get one of those sort of split focus shots where you get Tiffany really up close to the camera and she's realizing how stupid she's been and she says he hasn't changed at all. Uh, so she chucks him in a baby crib that she had prepared for their future children and locks him locks him in there.
1: Her head looked massive in that shot yes it looked like it was like in a fishbowl
0: this is the start of the big problems for me between the two of them because i'm getting that they used to date i'm getting that they have these weird similar sort of how they could have a codependent relationship but just how quick that turnaround is she's spent 10 years trying to find him she spent money getting a cop she killed a cop she's found him she's put him together she's like put shambhala curses on him they then killed her boyfriend and then he laughs at her and she's like, you've never, you're have never, you never going to change. How stupid am I? And then just f- turns on a dime. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I remember thinking that and just being like, yeah, it's been like 10 years or whatever. You've waited for him all this time. And it's just, yeah, done. <laughs> it wasn't worth it.
1: I don't think that bothered me as much just because I think they set up, for me, they set up well that she's, yeah, she's dark and she's super twisted, but she has this like obsession with love and obviously with Chucky. And her line right yeah, before they have that like weird split shot. She says, I'll kill anybody, but I'll only sleep with someone I love. So it's like, for me, it was, they were setting up that she's super dark and she has this obsession with Chucky. Chucky's the one that she loves. These other guys that she had along the way were just there to have a warm body next to her, I guess, or to play with and fool yeah, I- around with and scare or kill.
0: I get that. I just don't. They're playing with a complicated obviously very unhealthy relationship here Mm. and it's such a delicate thing to play with i think they're really pitching for stuff that they're not willing to go all in on so instead we have a character who throughout the rest of the movie is flip-flopping between the romantic side of her nature where she's like why would i ever be with this guy to then just, just doing anything for him basically and i don't believe it for a whole bunch of moments and this is one of them where i'm just like it's just too it's too quick yeah it was too quick of a turn for me i kind of if she was playing it more crazy, then I would believe it because it's like, all right, well, she's just really, really crazy. Or if she was potentially like so romantic and then he did something to break her heart, like truly, truly. But I don't know. It's just it's too trying to have the cake and eat it, basically. That I just don't buy it. Plus, all right, I'm going to start saying things now. Like we like to play these podcasts. So you don't know where people's opinions are going. I'm not finding it funny. Really? I know it's I know it's trying to be funny. I know lots of people find it funny. I haven't laughed yet, and the humor's just not really working for me.
2: Interesting. Interesting.
0: Long pause. <laughs>
2: I'm just trying to remember if I had laughed out loud at any point yet, because there are certainly points where I do. Yeah. I'm definitely enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I'm on board. I am too. Okay, I can say that much. Like I'm having. I mean, I'm having fun.
0: I'm also not enjoying the weird. There's this Twin Peaks-style music, which is actually very similar to this. The was it Dewey and whatever Courtney Cox's name is in Scream. Whenever they're on screen together in Scream, there's this right. ding, 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 right. ding, ding <laughs> like electric guitar riff. That's all like weird and Western and Twin Peaksy, and they do it in here all like all the time between Chucky and Tiffany. Don't like that either. <laughs> So the next morning we find that Jesse lives, twist, in the same trailer park as Tiffany and he's washing his van topless as Tiffany asks for his help disposing of a trunk that she stashed Damien's body in. She flirts with him a little and then he helps her get the trunk into the boot of her car and then tells her that he can't have sex with her because he's seeing someone. So she tells him, My mother used to say a woman spends all day slaving over (laughs) a hot stove for a man. The least he can do is the dishes. She was kind of a philosopher, my mom. <laughs> she has uh,
1: yeah. another line before that I can't remember what it was, but it's when they're in the trailer that she's like, "My mom always said."
0: Yeah, I yeah. She's talking was. about her mom.
2: I think it was to Damien. That she one's just something.
0: particularly important because it like comes back right at the, end of the movie. So
1: I also I just looked down at my notes. My I think my first laugh out loud moment was right when she puts him in the cage when she throws the rice at him. Like oh, you really? do weddings. <laughs> You
0: might I have some anger issues she needs to look into. Him. I thought
1: that was hilarious.
0: <laughs> I like the look on his face. I will say that Chucky's got a great look on his face for lots of these moments with just disbelief. Yeah. Like, what the this this <laughs> girl is crazy.
2: This bitch. I thought Jesse trying to carry the chest to the to the trunk of the car was a little sort of over the top and slapsticky kind Considering of. Considering she, she pulled like it out of the room just like, fine. Ugh! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was so exaggerated.
0: Uh, Yeah, it was. And for a trailer trash boy, again, looks pretty amazing. (laughs) He's looking after himself good. I was more surprised. I've written down in my notes, Goodwill was around in 1998. Because that's where she says she's going to dump the (laughs) trunk. Is it Goodwill? Uh, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Long-running establishment. I also don't like how when she's chatting up Jesse and suggesting that they have sex. Clearly, she starts rocking her groin in his face. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, squeaking on the car.
1: With like the noise of the car behind her squeaking. Oh,
0: (laughs) I don't like it. Chucky, meanwhile, is hanging out his crib, playing with blocks to spell out kill Tiffany slowly, which I found quite funny. Potentially not so funny. It's him using those little things where you type in words and it speaks it out loud. And it's asking how to spell the word woman. So he spells bitch in it. Twitcher says, that is not correct. He says, what do you know? <laughs> Ali, you're on PC watch. You want him to say filthy things. We've had women driving. Yep. We've had bro comments. Yep. And now how do you spell woman? Bitch. This one didn't bother me.
1: I thought that was really funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. We found your level. <laughs> yeah. That one's
2: been approved all right <laughs> <laughs> i don't Sorry. know
3: i really and i,
1: I sat watching, there I and i was like what's the difference with that versus any other sexist or racist comment that he's made and i don't know i <laughs> yep. just thought it was really funny <laughs> I mean, maybe it's, it's just because he's like typing but, uh, yeah. on like a kid's toy and he's just a little doll so
0: well he's completely demasculated yeah so you he's like sitting because in because a, a cage
1: essentially so. a crib that's been turned into a cage like slowly poking yeah the word bitch. Actually,
2: in. <laughs> yeah, talking about him being demasculated and, and his size—that's one thing I liked that they sort of finally referenced in this one, which we've talked about in the other ones. That he's like the size of a doll and a baby. Yeah. Where Tiffany, when she turns, she initially says to him like, "You're just like a baby," and starts tickling him, and then throws yeah. him, throws him in the baby. Pen. And he can't stop laughing, yeah. which is great. Yeah, and I liked that kind of acknowledgement finally of of his sort of He's size. tiny. <laughs> That he's tiny. He's this little baby doll. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: So then Tiffany comes home and gives Chucky a present. It's a female doll dressed like a bride. The look on Chucky's face is amazing in this moment. (laughs) That's the real like, oh my God, she's completely insane. (laughs) And then we get this really cool, one of my favorite shots in the film actually, it's this top-down shot through the skylight as she's in her bath. Mm -hmm. And there's like leaves on top of the skylight, and it's raining because every night it rains and every daytime it's sunny in this world. I don't know where we are, but that's—it's got a great. We could ask
1: our child's play meteorologist, Alexander Charles.
2: So there's probably been an influx of voodoo activity in the area uh, that usually occurs (laughs) in the evening, but it's spread in a even pattern so that it just appears as a normal rainstorm. You're welcome. Ah, Thank you.
0: Thank you. It's very considerate. Yeah, so it's this cool shot of her, Tiffany, in her bath. In what has to be the largest bathroom in trailer history.
2: Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> Bethany walked in and started watching part of this, and the first thing she said was, "She's still in the trailer."
3: Because <laughs> it's just like <laughs> she's in a enormous,
0: deep, soaking tub, and it's just like so much room around it. She's got like a TV out in front of her. It's unbelievably insane. And the rest of the trailer, they show for normal size. It just doesn't... It's like at least 200% of this trailer is just (laughs) the bathroom. But yeah, she's watching the news, reporting on the two murders that have happened. And we get... Here's where we get the Marilyn Manson nod, because we get the photo of what her goth boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, really Uh, looks like. And he's like this geeky nerd and at that time was when the photos were going around of what marilyn manson actually looks like and he looked very similar to
2: (laughs) and his and his real name what was her boyfriend's real name in this he had a funny let me see if i can find
0: it oh yeah i've forgotten so yeah she changes channel so she actually we got a little nod here as well because she starts watching murder she wrote for a bit so this tv show had episodes which featured a whole bunch of guest appearances from people from charles play movies which is why they use murder she wrote you've got jack colvin who played Dr. Ardmore in the first Child's Play. He was in Murder, She Wrote. You got Peter Haskell who played Mr. Sullivan in *Charles* Play 2 and 3. He was in Murder, She Wrote. You got Jenny Agatha, who played Joanne Simpson in *Charles* Play 2. She was in the series as well. And Brad Dourif himself, he was also in Murder, She Wrote. So a whole lot of Child's Play connections there. And then she changes the channel again and is watching Bride of Frankenstein* because the title Bride of Chucky was not subtle enough. <laughs> so so we really needed to hammer home what they're going with here as Chucky is using the engagement ring's diamond to cut through his crib and then escape and then we get Chucky on the roam this is the first time we're getting really to see him walking hands clasping looks pretty cool yeah it did yeah it looks cool I like how they've still kept that
2: sort of stilted sort of walk too
0: well this is the problem isn't it because I like the stilted walk but then we'll get to a bit later where they definitely have children or small people like dressed up Mm -hmm. in costumes Which kind of shows, all right, they they want him to be smoother than he is, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the stilted mechanical kind of walk. He pushes the TV into her bathtub, electrocutes Tiffany, and then he gets the bright doll and does an incantation to transfer Tiffany's soul into the doll. Now, I have written down as a note here to transfer her dead soul into the doll. (laughs) Because she's dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like he knocks her unconscious and then does it. He kills her. And then transfers her soul into the doll.
1: It's also the fastest voodoo scene.
2: But then she does the, like, (gasps) scream out of the water. Is that, like, her dying breath?
0: Well, it's a Frankenstein nod, though. Like, her arms are out. That's true. I feel that is purely there just for a Frankenstein nod. Mm. Yeah, I was a little confused with the stuff here. We are, however, getting Mancini mining yet again from his previous scripts. This one, all the way back, I don't know if you remember, we talked about it way back in Charles Play 1. This is from his original script. And this was how the babysitter was originally going to die before they changed That's it right. to being pushed out the window. Finally got to do it <laughs> in 1998. <laughs> all of the Ten voodoo
1: scenes in the past movies of him trying to take over Andy's body or Tyler's in the last one have been so long and there's always like something interrupts it because it's going on for like 45 seconds or something and this one he's he says like clouds. a few lines for about seven seconds and like snap of the fingers and it's done and yeah. no like, ah, fucking upgrade. clouds no clouds
0: no cl- <laughs> <Where am laughs> but some my- lightning are you upset? <laughs> but no clouds
2: well the whole t- time it's just stormy anyway but I want isolated weird weather phenomena they're just happening where, the, where the voodoo chant's happening and, and nobody fair. notices.
0: <laughs> I love that that's becoming the staple of this series. <laughs> the clouds. I will, okay, two things I love in this scene. I fucking love the shot of his face against the bath curtain, which is yeah done yeah. in like, I don't even know how you say it. It's like little cubes, little squares, and each one is sort of magnified slightly. Yeah. So as he looks through it, it's really cool and stylish. And then, yeah, I kind of like all the bubbles flowing through the air as well when he's in the incantation.
2: Yeah, that was cool. really cool. Was I'll fun. take that over the clouds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Forgiven. <laughs> you got bubbles. So shut up. She comes alive as the doll is immediately uh, comes alive and gets, is, yeah, sorry, is pissed off. Chucky then goes on to explain new law. So I was happy with the last bit of new law. <laughs> I'm interested with you guys. How are you going to take on this bit of new law? So as Tiffany's reading Foodie for Dummies and telling him, fuck you, I don't need you, I can get out of this soul, this doll body myself, he says, no, you can't, you need me, because we need the heart of Damballa, which is an amulet, which he apparently has been carrying, well, Charles Lee Ray was carrying when he died, and you need the amulet, and he explicitly says this, you need the amulet to get your soul out of the doll and into a human body. And the amulet is buried with his real body in Hackensack, New Jersey. So, <laughs> obviously a big can of worms. Yep. We get a weird Photoshop f- picture of him where they've added in the amulet to yep. him from when he was dead in the first <laughs> film. <laughs> but here's the thing. I could buy it if it was just like, oh, we never told you about the amulet. And Charles E. Ray had it on him all the time. If Charles E. Ray was the killer from the other movies, but it's not. It's Chucky. And Chucky has never had the amulet because they established that it was buried with Charles Lee Ray in Hackensack, New Jersey. So it's not even like, oh, it was in his pocket the whole time or anything. It's like they're they're creating a problem and then they're making it more of a problem by saying, no, that amulet's definitely been buried (laughs) six feet underground for the last 10 years. So are we to presume from this that they're just pretending parts two and three never happened? Was he just wrong in part one? He seems to know. Like, did he when he was in? Did he at this point when he was dead, his soul went somewhere and he got some information and like it? I, I don't know a way out.
1: Yeah, the only of this for them. I mean, I don't think they're assuming two and three didn't happen if this is supposed to take place exactly one month after three. So I think they're still referencing it. I he talks about how he's read every book and he's been doing what he can to educate himself on voodoo and how he can get out of the doll's body. When like later on in the film, they're looking through the book and he like tells her exactly what page she needs to be on. So maybe they're trying to play off like, oh, it's a new piece of information that he found out. But he's been on dead. That's a, yeah. That's what like. He, when did he yeah. when he did died do this in number three? So he hasn't been reading. I don't like, know. Like I found it.
2: I found it so jarring, and I don't know if that's because I've watched this in a short. These films in a short period of time but i feel like proper chucky fans probably would have found it would jarring know. as well and maybe if there's like an eight-year gap and you're looking to bring in a new demographic and a new audience maybe it's forgivable but as soon as he said it i was like what like if he had known that or <laughs> when did he find it was first yeah i was like when did he find that out or did he know that all along and if he did know that all along then what was the purpose of one two and three and needing yeah. Andy?
1: and the guy the voodoo guy exactly. dr death would have said that in the first one too
0: yeah, and, he like, like and is, if is he's carrying it on it way. when he died, he clearly knew that he needed it because he was carrying it when yeah, he died. There you go, yeah, So he's always known about it since he was Charles Lee Ray. Yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was very <laughs> jarring because it, actually even before he mentioned that and he came to life, my initial thinking was he revealed himself to Tiffany first. And then I was like, does that mean yes. he's gonna have to get into her body? And then it, and then the amulet thing came <laughs> well, along. He does, but we'll <laughs> <Yeah>. get there. <laughs> and then the amulet thing came along and I was like, wait, that doesn't That's like a new bit of law that is outside of everything that's been set up so far.
0: Yeah, we're forgetting all of that stuff of yeah, the first person you yeah, who you say that you are chelsea ray because he's been definitely resurrected in this one we can agree with that mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. and previously when he's been resurrected they created that bit of law of well that resets who you can possess so absolutely tiffany is the only person <laughs> who he should be possessing yeah or damien who he <laughs> one killed one of the two i don't know so it makes no sense whatsoever
2: and also another point so he was buried in jersey but killed in chicago and he was a serial well, killer in Chicago, or across yeah, the traveled. U.S. Like,
0: yeah, what is that the kind of thing? Until we get what well, I'm sure we'll get at some point, which is the prequel, real life, no Chucky, but just Charles Lee Ray's story of him traveling across the country strangling people. <laughs> I don't think that'll be explained, Alex. But I feel that's you know, I can buy that. Yeah, as a strangler, he you know skipped towns and
1: maybe he's from, from Jersey policy. and that's where but his by family my, by him. But I'm feeling
2: like okay so okay we just have okay yeah whatever (laughs) (laughs) i'm over it
0: (laughs) uh, i think whatever is the right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's completely bullshit it goes it flies against everything else they're doing but it does feel like i guess what they're trying to do here which is reboot for new people but also follow on for old people it doesn't successfully follow on enough but okay we're here like you said we're here to have fun so let's give them what they need which is this mcguffin which basically sets up what the plot of the movie is, which is that they will need to go and get this amulet. That's literally all it is. That's the entire plot of this movie is this new thing that fucks up all of their previous plots just so that they have an excuse to basically try and get from A to B. I don't like the Tiffany doll design at all. I really don't A- like it.
1: Post-makeover?
0: Well, we're not quite there yet. Okay. But definitely at this point, right now. I don't like it. Like, I just, There's just something about her face yeah She, you said before alex she didn't like chucky when he looks too angry all the time she just looks angry all the time not working for me anyway okay so the next morning tiffany rings up jesse asks him to courier these dolls for her to the graveyard and hack and sack he'll get 500 and pick up 500 on delivery and we then get a montage of tiffany rebranding herself to look more like how she did as a human i mean i'm giving them a lot of stuff here so but we are dissecting this movie so i have to ask where did she get the little clothes from? Where did she get the little branded necklace? Where did she get the presumably tiny cigarettes that she's smoking?
2: <laughs> I think the cigarettes were still
0: human size. Because size. there was like they one way where... No way. They're way too small. <laughs> I went back to look at it again because I was like, hang on a second. Is she smoking cigarettes? They don't look appropriately large. That didn't for, stand I mean, out yeah, to These me. are fairly big dolls. Okay, but let's just go with then like her branded necklace, her
2: shoes, her tattoo, the leather jacket. I definitely saw on another doll.
1: Okay.
0: Ah, okay. So that's why they gave her all the dolls. So I
1: definitely
2: saw the the leather jacket on another doll. The boots, I have no idea. When I saw the boots, I was like, "Where did the fucking little leather (laughs) boots come from?" Yeah. Yeah,
0: you're right though. I guess that's why they gave her all of the dolls, so they have an excuse for all of this stuff and tiffany as a person um, would love- have
1: collected dolls that wore things like leather yeah. jackets and you know sure. gothic style sure.
0: all right and she would have got a doll a little branded tiffany necklace as well and you know sure my favorite bit of this whole scene is actually chucky drinking from the fish water <laughs> the fish bowl yeah and that's it's like the first time we see him. thing
2: in the movie it's like the first time we see him drinking anything
1: just like doing something
0: <laughs> yeah 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 he never urinates he never drinks yeah. genuinely maybe my favorite thing in the entire movie is chucky <laughs> drinking from the fishbowl i think it's fantastic because <laughs> it's just a little aside for no reason it's been a long time since we've been with katherine heigl and her team are we meant to care about them do you feel like who do you think is the lead of this story and that's i watched this with a few people and that's what i came out of like who's the lead of this film
1: i thought Tiffany. for me it's Chucky. Really.
0: Yeah, I, well, it's Chucky and Tiffany's story.
1: Okay,
2: for sure. That's how I that's how I watched it.
0: Yeah, because I watched it, I think thinking it was Chucky, or meant to be like split between Chucky and Catherine. And then it was only at the end when yeah, Katie said to me, oh, it was clearly Tiffany's story, and I was like, yeah, it was. You're right. That was definitely like Tiffany's arc. She's the one who has a proper arc in this. Yeah, which was just weird. As I watched it, I didn't really see her as the lead because I think I'm waiting for Chucky. And then when you have teenagers there, you're expecting them to be the lead, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. so it's a weird there's a lot of characters here but yeah we're back with kathleen heigl jesse picks up the dolls drives over to her and he, then he grabs her and in some brilliant acting says yes. you know if you cook i'll do the dishes right I <laughs> and love then that he he's... asks her to marry him
2: i love that he's grabbing her by the like collar the scruff of <laughs> yeah. her hoodie and like, shaking her confessing his love
0: <laughs> you know, uh, and then he asks her to marry him i think for fear of death she agrees so they decide to run away together. Oh, we cut to a nice shot of Chucky in the van,
2: like doing a little wanker handshake. Yeah, I as love he's that. Talking. That
3: was hilarious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
3: I also but love then he also we...
2: says oh, yeah." I think you're gonna, what what are you gonna say? Oh Alice? no no,
1: I was gonna rewind a little bit, but go for it.
2: No, just so yeah, during that bit then during Jesse's proposal, it cuts back to Chucky and he says, I'd give him six months. Three if she gains weight.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I was going to go back to one of Tiffany's lines when she's doing her, she's like going through her doll transformation and she says, Barbie, eat your heart out. Did y'all catch that?
0: (laughs) There's a lot. Yeah, they do a G.I. Joe reference and then a Raggedy Ann reference. They're throwing out a lot of stuff. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. They go to pass. So they go to they decide to run away so they go to pack their bags and as they do the chief who apparently is the teacher from Ferris Bueller's Day Off that's how I saw him he's sneaking around yep. trying to find a way to plant drugs in their van that's what but the all chief the doors are shut does. so he goes to get a crowbar <laughs> cuz he's so determined that they don't end up on Jerry Spring <laughs> I think what he's doing is how you end up on Jerry Spring Exactly <laughs> So Chucky decides, no, this guy's got to die because he's getting in their way and because he kind of wants to practice. So then Tiffany calls him out because he suddenly appears. I do like this moment. He suddenly got the blade in his hand. She's like, were you just born with this blade stuck to your hand? (laughs) Yeah, that was cool. So she calls him out for wanting to kill people with it and then tells him that her hero is Martha Stewart and you have to improvise like Martha Stewart. So Chucky asks her if a hammer's okay. This is a call out to how he killed the babysitter in the first one. She says it's too predictable. So then she comes up with a plan. The chief then busts into the van, finds the dolls in the shotgun seat, and a series of nails lined up on the glove box lid. A precarious plan, I feel. Chucky cuts a rope, I want to say. Yeah, I wasn't say. sure how this worked. Yeah. And somehow the nails go flying through the air and well, they just fall to the floor. He sets off
1: the airbag.
0: Oh, yeah. does he? Yeah, there's he like a big white
1: in? bag that inflates and pushes them all out. That's and then true. you see him like tucking back it, tucking sense. it back in before the uh, other yeah. two get back to the van. Ah,
0: oh, touche de Marzini. Car. <laughs> nice how to break down a Chucky murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll notice. Yeah, so then all the nails go flying through the air, embed in the chief's face. Chucky gives a line. Why does that look so familiar? Ali, I'm guessing even you get this nod. No. Or, nope. This is a Hellraiser nod. Pinhead is the iconic villain from that Ah. and he has pins all around his head so yeah it's a hellraiser it's the only one they couldn't get in the opening depository was the Lamant configuration cube from hellraiser
1: la was freaking out at this point just because it's she hasn't seen any of the chucky movies and after this happened i was like oh yeah you should know that they have the most creative and obscure kills and they're always different in each film and each kill
2: So I had this down as kill three, but as you corrected me before about the cop, this is kill
0: four. I'm actually interested where you get to with your kill count, because I looked at body counts online and they're contradictory a little bit. Hmm. So yeah, I want to see where you get to. Yeah, so this is it. Chief Warren Kincaid, apparently dead. Uh, We should have mentioned before, this is an actor most people will know. He's from Three's Company. Slingblade, Bad Santa, Felicity, the original version of It, and most importantly, Clifford, the big red dog. (laughs) He was also in Eight Rules to Dating My Teenage Daughter. Eight simple rules. What else then happens? Things happen. So yes, then Jesse and Jade come back to the car. So Chuck and Tiffany clean up as quickly as they can. Very weird scene to see. These two dolls just cleaning yeah. up. And Chucky then picks up the weed. I just have written down here, oh my God, Jesse is just terrible. Like Jesse's just so, 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 so Also Well,
1: so I didn't say this it's earlier. Bad. I didn't put it together that he was the same guy living next to Tiffany for a while. Because because of the person that he is in the car, like when they get into the back seat and they're just like making out while their friend's driving them, like that was the totally opposite personality that that you see from him later on where he's like being really shy and he's like scared of Tiffany and then he's so in love with Catherine Heigl even after that that I'm just like, your personalities don't fit together for me. And it took me a while to realize that that's, it was the same guy we had just seen.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe you're distracted because he was topless. Yeah. Uh,
2: sure. I realized at this point that the other cop wasn't Billy Baldwin.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is this the moment where it hit you?
1: <laughs> On a scale um, of one to <laughs> child's play, one clouds, how upset were you?
0: <laughs> it was eight. Alec Baldwin sad. Yeah, it was Alec Baldwin sad. Dude, okay, I have written down here as well. I don't think these nails in the head would kill you, but technically we find out later he's not quite dead. So, touche to that. <laughs> I don't think it would knock you unconscious either. I think you would be crying and hurt. And,
2: I mean, I, I liked how it, I when know. he initially went down, he was sort of like twitching, which I thought yeah. was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. I'm not believing most of the things. I have written down here because we've got really muppet style comedy when they're clearing up everything. That's what it feels to yeah, me. It's like I'm watching like a, a Muppet movie. And- I love Muppets movies. I'm not liking the characters here. I think that's why it's not working for me. Like, Muppets, I just inherently love those characters so much.
2: Yeah, for me, it wasn't Muppets. It made me think of Thunderbirds, which then made me think, because of the humor and the adult content, made me think of Team America. So at this point, as it became more about Chucky and Tiffany, I was like, this is like Team America. and
0: Which, to be fair, came out six years later, was it? Like, this was way before Team yeah. America. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get to a thing later on that you could definitely compare to Team America. But yeah, I completely get I get what you're saying. I, for me, though, it's like I've, I've written down as well, it's not really a movie. It's a horror commentary. And I don't know if that's doing it for me because it's nothing really happening. Just stuff. <laughs> Antics. So yeah, then Jesse and Jay, they're nearing a local hangout spot, I guess. And they're pulled over by a cop which is the one that Alex is very sad, didn't turn out to be a baldwin. There's some altercation, and then Tiffany hits the cop in the face in some superb acting. Really, really great pedigree acting here. And there's no repercussions, by the way, for hitting a cop in the face, which I thought was good. As Chucky and Tiffany are getting stoned in the back of the truck, or the van, then the cop finds the drugs in the truck and goes to call it in, so Chucky decides he's got to die as well, crawls out of the van... And we get a very weird little articulated shot of him on all fours crawling down the street to get to the, the cop's car, stuffing a rag into his gas cylinder and then lighting it. The car explodes. And then the confusion, Jade and Jesse decide to make a run for it for some bewildering reason I'm driving off. This is definitely the most articulated we've seen Chucky. Yeah. He's like all over the place sneaking around. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Is that little person, child actor at that point on the when he's on all fours? I mean, there's somewhere it definitely looks like animatronics, looks but there's a shot from behind him as he's going towards the car. Yeah. Where it looked more like a kid in a suit.
0: Yeah, I don't really need any of these shots. It's, it felt like them showing off and it wasn't good enough to show off. <laughs> yeah. To
2: yeah. Oh, we also get our first Chucky middle finger. We do. When, it, I when a stoner it. in a car turns and looks at him and he just gives him the finger. That scene was great.
1: What did this donor say? He's like, "Do or rude doll or something. What was his line?
0: Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, something like rude doll. That's really funny. But yeah, this is my thing. I'm realizing here I'm having the same problems I had with a lot. You were saying before, Ali does creative kills. I think there are in Chucky, which is more than we could say for the Texas yeah. series that we just covered. But my problem is, is that everything here there's no tension in for me ever. Because in almost all the child's play kills, you see it coming a mile off because they go, oh, here's what he's going to do. And then he goes and does it. And in this scene, it takes forever. Like, he literally has you watch him crawl over there, put a rag in. Like, he's like, all right, as soon as he sees the car and the rag, you know what's going to happen. And then goes back, and you're like, are they going to subvert it? No, they never subvert the kills in these movies. It's literally just, yep, this is what we're going to do. Then we do it. Which means there's never any tension for me with these kills. You can have fun with them sometimes. But (sighs) I don't know. Like, I'm really not into this movie at this point. Like, Jade and Jesse are just doing stupid things acting horribly i can't believe captain heigl i mean i know she's not a great actress but she's so bad in this <laughs> film she's renee zellweger in oh, Texas
3: James, like, Bad. Like, what she, are you
1: talking oh, about that's her before. best work
0: <laughs> she's oh she's so terrible
2: that's kill four too by the way or kill five now i guess we're saying
0: kill five, kill five. so yeah i'm purely like well i don't like these characters so i'm purely here for chucky and tiffany and that for me is like muppets humor like i said it's not really working for me so, I actually have written down, this is terrible.
3: Whoa, <laughs> wow. At
0: this, at this point, at this point, that's how I feel. Jade and Jesse are arguing as they think that the other one killed the cop. The dolls are chuckling in the back of the van. Then David rings them up, tells them that her uncle, the chief, is missing and that a zipper lighter was found at the explosion that ties the murder to the cop who's found with the throat slit. So he tells them to turn themselves in. To which Jesse replies, Are you whacked? I think this bit is so funny. <laughs> in case you didn't know, we're in the 90s.
2: I-, I thought this bit was so funny in just a narrative sense of that they've just left the scene they're having an argument in the car about what has just happened david calls it's already on the news and the cops have divulged on the news what evidence they found yeah, <laughs> yeah. That there's a missing person up all,
0: everything <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly yeah jesse are you whacked i like yeah i love this So david tells them you got to turn yourselves in jesse says are you whacked so then the next thing david says is you should lay low for a while <laughs> very contradictory things this is yes
2: <laughs> and then it cuts to a shot of a sign that says niagara falls and i didn't know why yep. <laughs> <laughs> my geography was so mixed up at this point
0: yeah it's confusing the route that they're taking is confusing i think it i think we'll get to it in the next scene but i think it's because this was all shot in canada and i think then they need to cross the border for the next scene potentially and that's why it was like the only bridge they could get to from where they're shooting it from where it was meant to be based kind of thing. I'm not sure. Uh, but we're on a road trip now. And for me, this seems to be where the film wanted to be the whole time, was on this road mm-hmm. trip. But we're getting into it very late in the movie, really. We're like way over halfway through this film. They arrive at Niagara Falls. Jesse asks Jade if she trusts him. She says, of course I do. <sighs> Despite them both thinking that the other one had murdered a police officer yeah. in about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> So then they go and have the most awkward wedding in the history of weddings.
1: <laughs> Her face is just miserable this entire time. And I don't <laughs> know so why. Like, why Why did they need to do that? What problems yeah, was that don't. solving?
2: Because at this point, they kind of also suspect each other, right? Like their trust yeah. is starting to waver.
1: But even if they didn't, what is... I didn't understand how that was gonna help anything that was going on with like m- murders being like following them. No. How, what is getting married to?
0: Yeah, and then they still want to deliver this doll the whole time. I have no, so, like that's gonna help. Idea
1: everything. why that was relevant other than the fact that he was like a few scenes prior. Let's get married.
0: Well, and plus, like she's you know clear. No, you know what? Forget it. I can't bother. <laughs> There's a. I was about to get into heritage with a family and the money that they clearly had and from the estate that her uncle's in and they're like that hard up for cash. We need this thousand, one thousand dollars. Just, just let him go into modeling. They'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) He looks amazing. Just let him go and make a ton of money modeling or be a male gigolo or something, whatever you got to do. Chucky's changed in the radio station. I do like this. He's turning past a channel that's commenting on how violence in movies is a terrible, destructive thing. And he just says, what the hell is this shit? And then changes <laughs> the channel. And then Tiffany tells him how she always wanted a nice wedding. So suddenly, we get a human side to Chucky and he's all, he starts apologizing to her for everything. And he's all soft. So we're getting genuine love for a moment. You buying it? Meh. Well, there was a bit...
2: Yeah, I thought this bit was kind of funny how they... Yeah, bringing in a sort of grounding Chucky a little bit. But there was a moment at the end of this, I forgot what he says, but he does the iconic Chucky laugh. And for me, yeah. I had this sort of strange moment where for the first time in the franchise, I was like, I I love Chucky now. Like I'm on his uh-huh. side. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I, I was like, um, I was with him. <laughs> like it was a shift of- It's always
3: been I you. Think we,
2: well, I think we were talking about Talking about it in one of the podcasts about like Freddy Krueger, for example, who's like this child molester Mm. and killer, but people are so behind him and so like, where's that line of like, yeah, when you start kind of backing the villain despite how gross and evil and disgusting they are, and for me, yeah, oh, I was surprised that it came in like in this moment. It was starting to happen through this film where I was like, oh, I'm with, I'm enjoying Chucky, like I'm enjoying. His, his character. And then it was this weird bit that caught me by surprise where he did his maniacal laugh and I was like,
3: yep,
0: I'm with I'm Chucky. <laughs> I love this little ginger Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get to what you're saying, Alex, because I actually had a similar moment, but that wasn't the moment. It comes later for me. But yeah, then the chief comes back to life so Chucky stabs him to death as Jesse and Jade are married. Um, so yeah, Jesse and Jade... They're being awkward still on still in their honeymoon suit, suite. When another honeymoon couple bursts into the room in very little clothing, they kind of like bluster around the place, steal the wallet, and then propose a foursome. And then Jade kicks them out of their room. This, I couldn't really tell with these two. Like, they purely, it was all just a charade, isn't it? To steal the wallet. Yeah. There's no yep. actual. Like, because they steal the wallet and then they propose the foursome, which is a dangerous way around to do it. <laughs> because. <laughs> Yeah, and then Tiffany sees it all and she turns to Chucky and she's all angry and calls the bride who stole the wallet a thieving slut who doesn't deserve to wear that wedding ring. I do like she has a very clear character trait. She's obsessed with marriage and love and romanticism. And yeah, like that she just wants to kill someone for stealing a wallet and not living up to... Which doesn't really make sense because she wanted to marry Charles Lee Ray, and they're both murderers. <laughs> so, like well, I feel... She has this
1: obsession with death too. Which I'm assuming is just like a power thing.
0: Just an excuse, yeah. yeah. So yeah, then we get her and Chucky creeping through. We get our first POV shot in this movie. And they're creeping through into the next room to kill this other couple as we get a terrible, just terrible waterbed sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of kissing just and just like moaning. making out, but they're not even... Yeah. But they're not even like kissing each other. They're like missing each other's mouths and just making orgasm noises. Yeah. It's just horrible and then tiffany throws a champagne bottle at the mirrored ceiling and lots of cgi shards of glass fall down and impale both of this this couple as the waterbed explodes in a fountain of water and blood i like the explosion i like the intention the cgi did not work for yeah me, but yeah i agree
2: i liked i liked when she noticed the woman that got killed so this is kill six and seven When the woman notices Tiffany in the glass above the bed. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah,
0: that's kind of creepy. That's the only point where Tiffany looks a little bit creepy to me. Yeah. But yeah, the CGI. But again, it's because you're from the perspective of the humans seeing the dolls. And I feel all the way through this film, when the dolls are in it, you're from the doll's perspective. You're never really from the human's perspective of the dolls. And this was that one time when you were and it was much creepier for it, I found. So then Chicky just looks aghast and tells Tiffany that he loves her and then proposes to her immediately. And then they get Team America on each other and get jiggy-jiggy. We get some Tiffany butt crack. Chucky says that he's all in proportion. <laughs> yeah. He said, and then he says, I'm feeling like Pinocchio over here. He's also, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like Pinocchio. I would hope she wasn't feeling like Pinocchio. Otherwise, there's some, lots of different things going on. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I watched an interview with Dom Mancini where he was saying how this was his level. He didn't want to go full on sex in this. He thought the silhouettes was enough. And just getting her butt cracked was enough. And if it went any further, then it went into full parody. And they were trying to toe that line between horror and parody. Whereas Team America, five years later or whatever, <laughs> yes. would do full on <laughs> mannequin sex.
2: For me, it was still too far, though.
0: Yeah. For me, as I was going to say, I'm one of those rare people who loves Team America for about 10 minutes and then I get kind of bored. The joke wears thin pretty quick for me. And the same is true here for me. It's like, it doesn't, it's not making me laugh still. I don't know, but yeah, at least looking. I at and disappointed. I wasn't,
1: yeah, I wasn't laughing. Laudan and I were more in a state of shock, <laughs> <laughs> just because we were like, "That's not gonna happen." There's no way. They were like, "Oh no, they're going for that," and so it was more of just like a holy shit.
0: Maybe that is the thing because I know how far they're gonna go with this. Yeah, series.
1: neither of us had ever seen had seen any of them. I've now seen the three leading up to it, but not like those don't. Suggest that this is gonna yeah. happen in the future. So this was this is definitely yeah, this a very thing, different vibe from the others.
0: For sure. And that's I think that's a problem because in, in the pop culture, this movie replaced the old one successfully. And I think that's what it wanted to do, because the old one had bad branding from all of the things that happened right. to uh, around that movie. And this rebranded it and it did do a good job because I think in a pop culture this is now how you imagine Chucky. He is with patched up face and he's always being sassy and making jokes, and you can never go too far. Like, the kills are gonna be outrageous, the sex jokes are gonna be outrageous, it's gonna be on PC and over the top, and I think because I knew that's where it was going, it doesn't, the novelty's not there for me at all. I'm expecting it to be this ridiculous, and it's not working for me. Jesse then sneaks out, so Jade rings David and tells him that she thinks Jesse is the killer. Meanwhile, Jesse rings David as well to tell him that he thinks Jade is the killer. So David's advice to both of them is go to the police. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? How? I don't understand this. He, one of them is literally like, go to police. The other one rings. He immediately just says, look, just stop talking. Just go to the police. And then, I mean, we'll get there in a second. He turns up in the next scene. Yeah. It's like, well, you're lucky they didn't go to the police. you
1: just changed your mind. But yes. anyway.
0: So they went back
2: and got him. Is that what we have to assume here? No, he really went turned to up where he they where are, they are.
0: Yeah. Right, okay. Because they, they tell him where, she tells him we're at this suite okay, in yep. and it's disappointing or whatever. Also perturbing for me, <laughs> I'm going to get into weird stuff here, is meanwhile next door the housekeeper turns up in the middle of the night <laughs> to clean the room that they know is occupied by newlyweds. Yep. Uh, what the fuck? What kind of housekeeping is this? She just like comes straight in, and it's not even like a turn down service. It's a full. I'm gonna sort out this yeah. room. It's three in the morning. She has an entire cart. Yuli Wenzler in here. Perfect time for me to do some vacuuming. <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening in this hotel? She finds the body, screams, which alerts Jade and Jesse, who then decide to take off yet again. Or do they? Because the very next shot, as they run outside from them running out of the door, is broad daylight. In the middle of the day with people just going around doing their daily chores so they saw this site got freaked out by it ran and then waited four to five hours (laughs) before (laughs) before running out the door in a big hurry to get into the van also giving time presumably for david to turn up Yeah, because otherwise he wouldn't have gotten there (laughs) he's had 20 minutes to drive all of that distance jesse and jade reveal that they think the other one is the killer still and then david turns up he tells them that they're both wrong about each other but then he finds the chief dead in the back of their van so he pulls out the chief's gun on them both and then chucky and tiffany decide to reveal themselves to everybody at this point and pull guns on all of them david steps backwards into the freeway gets hit by a truck And then a cop sees them, so he begins to chase them as they drive off, being held hostage by the dolls. Lots of stuff going on here. (laughs) Oh, so that's Kill H. Yes. Chucky and Tiffany revealing themselves at this point. I mean, it had to happen at some point. I'm a bit flabbergasted why didn't before, I guess. I don't really understand why they choose to at this moment, but there you go.
1: I think they were, I mean, that's their ride. So if David had killed both of them, David wouldn't have taken them all the way over to his body. So they had to still get to their final destination.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Another,
2: another franchise uh, there.
0: Yeah, we'll be getting <laughs> there at some point for sure. Yeah, I don't know. D- sure. I th- where did they get their two guns from, by the way? Yeah, I was wondering that as well. I don't know. Don't know either. They've just been stashing them. They've just been stashing them. Yeah, we get this David exploding into blood in the freeway. Kind of cool. Wasn't expecting that yeah I kind of I'm feeling at this point that this, there's a world where I think this should be funny where you got the two human leads who keep thinking the other ones like you know a big series of miscommunications like classical comedy of errors kind of yeah. thing like they're both thinking the other one's doing the thing and it should be like fish called wonder kind of humor it it like with good actors and good writing it could really work and then at the same time you got these two dolls who are there the whole time and we're in on the joke as the audience mm-hmm. but it just doesn't None of it's... None of that's working for me. And a lot of it's just how bad the actors are. Like, you have that bit where David's then snooping... Like, they're freaking out. They've just seen two more bodies murdered. They know everyone thinks that they've murdered these bodies. They think each other have murdered these yeah. bodies. And then David starts smelling something bad. And Jesse just starts laughing and goes, Oh, I told you not to leave your dirty socks back there. It's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. I, just, I don't know. I just don't... And then Jesse adapts very quickly... To Tiffany having possessed a doll, a girl that he knows, yeah, Yeah. and possessed a doll, he's completely fine with it. But we do get the good line from Chucky where he says, If this were a movie, it would take three or four sequels to do our story. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's funny. (laughs) So, okay, so at this point, also, I think Chucky asks Jesse, Do you know who I am? and he says, Yeah, Chucky. Mm. So, again, this I asked this question earlier. Does that mean there's public knowledge of the previous murders not necessarily associating it to Chucky himself right. but that the Chucky doll and like Andy's story has- and blame like that must be public knowledge right Well yeah they talk because about the that guy guy dolls- in the third
1: one that's like the their whole meeting at the beginning of the movie is like Andy has ruined our, almost ruined our business because these stories got leaked out and it Right yeah it yeah it hurt the sales of our dolls yeah. or whatever
0: and it beca- yeah. i think it's just become like an urban legend like no one really thinks the doll did it but everyone's it was a big enough aware story that, that you know the doll's the link so they think yeah yeah an Urban legend about it which i kind of like that idea about it you know if it had gone creepy this idea of the urban legend of the doll and people knowing that about it, it could be kind of cool but but no jesse's driving a stolen rv and jade is tied up as chucky holds them hostage and tiffany's cooking meatballs and cookies Because, yeah, okay. Jesse realizes Chucky hasn't offered to wash the dishes, so he tricks him by inciting him to tell Tiffany to do the dishes after she's done all of the cooking. Tiffany then loses her shit on Chucky and they start arguing. So then Jade kicks her into the oven in the confusion. And then Jesse hits the brakes.
2: Sorry, just to rewind Tiffany opens a cupboard in the camper, revealing the dead camper couple.
0: Kills 10 and 11. Yes, they've stolen two. uh, They've stolen RV. My apologies. Yep, yep, yep. They do a lot of that in this film, do you notice that? They cut to things after they've happened a mm-hmm. lot in this film. Get in late. And I'm I'm guessing it's partly because time uh, in the film runtime, but also partly just because it costs so much money to animate these dolls that it's easier just to kind of cut to after they've done yeah. something. They show the, the RV in the
1: distance, I think. So I think it's it's like, "Oh, look, this is where okay. we're going, and here we are."
0: Okay. So yeah, then Jay kicks her into the oven. Uh, Jesse hits the brakes. Chucky goes flying through the windshield, but then he loses control of the RV because he's an idiot, and it comes off the road and crashes into a little, a little Narnia forest again. Ali just appears, not quite as Narnia, but <laughs> Jade wakes up and Tiffany's pounding on the oven window, and then she bursts out and attacks her as Jesse comes to the rescue and they escape. This was one of my probably my favorite bit with Tiffany in the whole movie, like her and against the oven window. All sort of like sooted up, and she looks kind of how Chucky did at the end of the first movie, all burnt and stuff. I thought it looked cool.
1: Yeah, she did. With like her gray ash hair, too. I liked it.
0: It was actually a little bit creepy, which I thought was cool. But yeah, they escape, and then Chucky turns up and takes Jade hostage. And then Jesse takes Tiffany hostage. And I love as he's running with Tiffany down the road, following because like Chucky, (laughs) Chucky's like in Jade's arms, holding her hostage. Just like, just drop him. <laughs> and Jesse's holding Tiffany and he's running with Tiffany and it, she's clearly just a doll that he's holding by the arm as she's like being dragged along. And they just dub in the voice of Jennifer Tilly just kind of, ow, ow, yeah, ow. <laughs> ow. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. And it like
2: lasts the whole time until they get to the territory. and every time they cut back to her, she's like,
0: ah, ah, <laughs> "Yeah, ah, <laughs> What I love about this, again, if we're talking about timings for stuff, they're maybe, maybe thirty meters behind Jade and Chucky, but then we skip past an entire scene of Charles of Chucky and Jade getting there, finding a grave, a cemetery man, getting him to dig up the grave of Charles. Well, L. no, no, Ray no, the they cemetery. were doing no, that no, no, on their absolutely.
1: own. They had that was, that was in the news that they were like connecting because they saw his fingerprints at the. Like the murder scenes, oh. they had already ordered people to go to the cemetery and dig up his grave to see if he was there because they were now assuming maybe he's not actually dead and he's yeah, still committing
0: And so then that murders. was like in the middle of the night with one cemetery man with no police there.
2: Because then also when they arrive, there's a shot and it's like it says medical examiner or something yeah. on the side of a car.
0: So they sent one guy out at like two in the morning to dig up a grave it was it's It's crazy himself. fast.
1: Like the size of the grave was like. He dug like an entire square around the coffin, like way larger than it would need to be. And the fact that it was already done.
2: I like how the plastic sheet that he used to cover it was already in tatters as well.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was pre-horrored. It was ready for the it's horror ready. scene. And he gets shot,
2: which is killed 12.
0: Yes, he does. He he's gets shot off screen, but we hear it. Yeah, all right, that explains like 10% of it then, but raises more questions for me that make absolutely no sense. But all right, they just happen to get there at the exact second where he's finished digging up the grave on his own with no police escort, fine. Uh, Yeah, what are we doing? Where are we at? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so then Chucky kills the grave digger and then he gets Jay to crawl down into the grave and get the amulet. We get to see Charles Lee Ray inside the coffin, just his skull and stuff, which is kind of cool. This big fuck off amulet, which is enormous. And the one good line for me from Kathleen Heigl in the entire movie. Yeah. Which is, I'm trying, you fucking midget.
1: <laughs> I loved this. I ended up, so I watched Logan on the movie instead of this because it was available through Southwest. And my favorite line from Logan is like at towards the beginning where he's like, you leave me here alone with that fucking. Oh, shit. Don't leave me here alone with that fucking albino. And then I came home and watched this. And Catherine's like, I'm trying, you fucking midget. And I was like, man, (laughs) (laughs) this is great. (laughs) I'm PC on both sides. Yeah, (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's the best she is in the movie. She really feels like she means it. I feel she's down in that grave going, god damn it. Julia Stiles doing 10 things I hate about you (laughs) with Heath Ledger. And I'm in this grave. Yeah, so this is... The moment for me, Alex, where I was like, I don't know who I care about, who I want to win. No idea. Other than I was like, I was thinking about it. I think, I think, I guess I want more Chucky films. I guess I want him to survive because I kind of want to see him again. So it was as close as I got to your moment of love for Chucky was me going, I really don't know what I'm hoping to happen here. I don't care about any of these people, but I do want more Chucky films. So I hope he's okay. Tiffany, I can do without. These two teenagers can't die quick enough, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah so finally tiffany tiffany and jesse jesse turn up they do an exchange of hostages tiffany laments as she leaves jesse and we get her her turning again on a dime really saying like why can't i ever get it on with the real good guys nice little nod and then tells jade that she's a lucky girl she's just all over the place tiffany you know like every sentence is different which i get if she's meant to be that's complete psychopath yeah she's
1: definitely not emotionally stable yeah.
0: And then Chucky snarls at Tiffany lets her fall to the ground as she goes for him to catch her. And he throws a knife at Jade as she's hugging Jesse. But Jesse sees it and flips him around 180 degrees so it goes into his back instead of hers. Couldn't they just duck or move? If he has time to go 180 degrees. yeah. yeah.
1: Give her a little dip. Dip, like down yeah. to the floor. Bar no. okay. dancing. No. <laughs> Stabbed yeah. in the back
0: okay. and then says, pull it out. Like immediately. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. Take <laughs> it out. So then Chucky picks up two guns, takes them hostage again. And we cut past him tying them up because you don't want to see these animatronic dolls tying someone up. So we cut to them both tied up. Chucky's doing his incantation as Tiffany clings to his legs. I'm guessing you got this, Alex. In a little nod to a different series that we're doing currently on the Weird Geeks franchises. They're in the Star Wars A New Hope poster pose here. Yeah, there you go, Yeah. Of- lair clinging onto luke's leg <laughs> and then just a hammer at home she then says the line i love you and he replies i know which is of course from the empire strikes back so we get two, the double little star wars nods there in one shot and then she stabs him now alex cloud watch time yeah <laughs> incantations were outside there's definitely some lightning happening there's some clouds but they're not, not our classic much. voodoo clouds. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> they are not
2: <laughs> But it wasn't our isolated weather phenomena. <laughs> with some so rolling... The rolling. is too realistic. Yeah, there were no rolling, thick clouds coming
0: in. Nah. Disappointing. Disappointed. Disappointed. So far, no matter how much you like this movie, I hope you don't recommend it purely for no clouds. We are going to get to some bad clouds in a second, though. Yeah, so I love this idea of everything that's happened to Chucky in the last few films, and she knows all about it, but she somehow thinks that stabbing him once will kill him. Because <laughs> then they just yeah. leave him for dead. Jesse and Jade are set three by, by Tiffany. Then Chucky, of course, comes back to life, and we get a spade-on-spade spade fight between the two of them, mostly shot from above, and this is what we were referencing earlier. Clearly, children or, or little people like fighting with spades. How does... Yeah... Like, clearly showing they don't want them to look mechanical. They want them to look smooth. smooth.
1: My only note right here is right when this fight started, I wrote down that I had a feeling that the doll fight was going to keep going for a while, because they usually, up until this point, they do the thing where they're like, oh, they're dead. Surprise, they're not. And they come back and keep going. So that was my main concern and worry.
2: I didn't need the doll fight. I mean, for me, the whole, like, sort of second half of the film, the more that... That Tiffany and Chucky interacted the more I started to kind of lose what I was enjoying about it and then that fight for me was just like yeah please don't <laughs>
1: please don't and they did <laughs> and they didn't listen <laughs>
0: and they did yeah because then Chucky gets a knife and stabs her then there's that line of get off my blade which was pretty nasty and then Jesse knocks him into his own grave well not into his own into Charles Lee Ray's grave traps him down there. Chucky's losing his shit, which I love. He's just like screaming, genuinely frightened to be in his own dead body's grave, which I kind of like. Yeah. Just as the police detective turns up, decides not to hide himself, which I'll surprise with. So the detective sees this little monster doll. Yeah, and just goes, And then Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just like, Whoa. <laughs> then Jade grabs the cop's gun, shoots Chucky a bunch of times as he shouts, I'll be back. I always come back. But dying is such a bitch. Also, yeah, which, you know, it's
2: how is Jesse still alive? He had a knife in the back, it was pulled out,
0: and he's just
2: kicking on.
0: <laughs> he's a good he's looking a boy. Good yeah, good I suppose. You can't keep him yeah. down. It's all those muscles. Disappointing final kill for me for Chucky. Like they try and make it work by making him self referential to the movies of like, ah, I'll come back again. But she just shoots him. It's kind of like, eh. All the others, as bad as the endings have been, there's been some interesting, you know, crazy deaths. No more so than part two, where they meld arms and legs onto his body.
2: Recommended by me.
0: Yeah, I gave it a (laughs) (laughs) 6.5. Then we get a shot from the grave looking up at the detective and Jesse and Jade. And here, Alex, is where I thought maybe you'd be happy because we do get bad clouds here, but in an uninspected way. Because they're clearly on a green screen, and they put in these bad clouds above them, and it looks terrible. It looks so so terrible, but clearly yeah. it was not meant to.
2: Yeah, sorry, I only notice voodoo specific clouds. <laughs> you That's his so special.
0: Regular <laughs> yeah, and then in probably my favorite bit of the movie: the detective gets a phone call as Jesse and Jade are going, "What are we going to do?" And he picks up the phone, and then he says, "Hell, <laughs> Jesse and Jade, hell, they didn't do it." Ah, you're never going to fucking believe this. (laughs) And then turns to them both and says, You two, go on home. (laughs) It's just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I was watching this with like a few people in the room and everyone woke up at that bit, really. I was like, (laughs) wait, what? (laughs) That's the repercussions for everything that just happened. Uh, Then the detective goes over to Tiffany Dole, pokes her a whole bunch, and then she suddenly gasps back into life, screaming. Her belly starts moving. And then a burst of blood between her legs. She dies in childbirth as a tiny, sharp-toothed Chucky baby emerges, launches itself at the detective's face. The end. Or well, we'd hope the end, but the next film Seat of Chucky, so we know where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of Bride of Chucky from 1998. It took us a while to get through that, but it's quite a lot of things. Yeah. Well done, guys. Woo! We did it. I don't really have any more facts. I kind of sprinkled the facts as we went through, so for once that's it alex though can you tell us what did your body count get us up to please
2: so i included tiffany at the end as a kill okay which would take it up to
0: 13 okay 13 so i have it down as an 11 but it's a contiguous 11 so so this is on the official site of kills we have let's count them quickly with them claudia's father no sorry spoilers (laughs)
1: I was like, who's Claudia? <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> Al. You don't need to
0: know when her dad, when her dad doesn't talk. God damn it. First kill, so don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Officer Robert Bailey. Yep, I believe you. Throat don't slit. look
1: at to IMDb yep. page. Don't look at anything. You're going to get spoilers. <laughs> hey, Ali, Claudia's father dies in down. the next one.
0: <laughs> First kill, you'll be fine. I quit. Damien, he dies. That's two. Yep. Then they have Tiffany, technically, when the TV's thrown into the bathtub. That's yep. three. Do we count that or not? Yep. But her soul lives on. So do you die if your soul lives
2: oh, on? Oh, okay. Good point. Good point.
0: I feel you only get to die once as a character.
2: Okay. A so series. let's pull that death back for sure. Two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Officer Needle knows Norton. He definitely dies. Chief Warren Kincaid. He definitely dies. Diane and Russ. They both die. Yep. That's Six. Agreed, yep. six. Yep. We have David Plummins. He's ripped apart by the truck. He dies. We have yep. an old man and an old woman in the RV. They yep. both die. We're up to nine. We've got the Gravedigger. That's 10. Then's when we get into the ones that make it hard to tell. So we have Tiffany, but we have to wait till sequels to know if we can count that one, I feel. We have Chucky. I don't think we can ever count a you Chucky. You can never yes. count Chucky. And then Lieutenant Preston, because he's attacked Ooh, by the baby. I, didn't- I don't, don't see him see die. But with the next one, if they don't bring him back up, I would qualify him as a death. Because otherwise he would tell the tale. So, death pending. I think we only have... I think we have 10 confirmed kills with a potential 12 if Tiffany and Lieutenant Preston are dead. I can accept that. But we can't tell until Seed of Chucky. Still more kills than the previous films, though. So we're ranking it up. Okay, so who should we go with first? We want to know... Did you like the movie? Any final thoughts? Do you recommend it to people? And finally, what do you want to happen next? Let's start with Alex. Woohoo!
3: (laughs) Yeah, so this film,
2: like going back over it now, after having just watched it, it actually, I I sort of got to this feeling at the end, it actually feels like a complete reboot of the series. Obviously, we've got the title change. It's been eight years. It's not about the whole Andy story anymore. So it kind of feels fresh in a way, it feels different than all the ones we've seen so far. For me, as I said at the start, I immediately liked the tone and feel because it felt like I just identified it as a 90s slasher as soon as the as soon as it started. And that's when I started going to see horror films at the cinema. So I was like, yeah, cool, I'm on I'm on board. Just for that and i loved the nods to all these like classic iconic horror villains and yeah and like we sort of said the audacity of chucky's creators to be like he belongs in this elite class of horror villains another thing i really liked so like at the start when he's getting stitched back together which looked cool and we had the rob zombie soundtrack and i liked that throughout there was kind of this sort of undercurrent and subtext of alternative and subcultures like with the whole goth thing the stoners at the park and then also then playing into like the the teenagers disdain of or or like the 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 uncle being an authoritative figure and like being against that like i like i liked that there was that sort of subtext brewing underneath of like fuck authority and just being about like being about people being alternative and weird and whatever like i thought that was kind of an interesting thing to kind of brush it with i guess chucky looked awesome i love the new look the animatronics is so much more nuanced and interesting and dynamic there's like really cool movements of his eyes and reactions to things and he didn't just look angry all the time and i had fun i had fun with this film i had fun watching it but it's such a weird contradiction because I actually think the story is just really crap and the teenage characters were just, I hated them. Like, I didn't like them. And I think that's maybe why I got on board with Chucky as well because it was like, there's just these annoying kids that I don't care about that are like stumbling into this shitty situation. And I want Chucky to come out on top of this because he's... he's He's funny. He's an asshole. He's gross, and he's cartoonish, I guess. And we know where I sit with cartoonish horror villains.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's not wearing the witch of the east outfit yet. Riding a broom. Yeah, so, he hasn't got that far. One step above Freddy Krueger so far.
2: And so yeah, it was. It's like an interesting kind of weird contradiction because there is actually a lot that I didn't like. I really liked. I actually liked the sort of first half of the film and the kind of build up and like Chucky's being reformed and then the dynamic with Tiffany when she was still human. But then after her death and when they set out on this journey, I just started to get less interested, like less. I really didn't like the dynamic so much between Tiffany and the Tiffany doll and Chucky. As I said, I didn't care about Catherine Heigl's character and the guy playing Jesse. Like I just, yeah, I wasn't on board with her. I didn't, feel any sense of tension or anxiety for for what their their situation that they were in i just didn't care but i still had fun with this new chucky with this reboot and and i and i think it was because of just being on board with him this time and just being like cool like i don't care about anything else and so as a viewer i just want you to have license to just be as crazy and as wacky and do stupid kills and say crass inappropriate stuff and keep that energy going throughout the film and 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 i'll be on board and that's kind of where i sit with it it's kind of still a weird contradictory thing for me to articulate in a in a kind of clear and concise way because i feel so conflicted and very no i, I feel very strongly about the things that make it really bad but then there's just little things that i liked and i enjoyed yeah which just center around the chucky character would i recommend it i would recommend it i I would recommend it also if you haven't seen the the any of the previous ones if you haven't seen child's play if you were to just jump in here i think i think it probably works better without. it gives you enough backstory and having seen the previous ones and like seeing all the holes where they've like tried to bridge some of the law and the backstory if you don't have that it might it might work a little better yeah i'm, I'm still part of me is still digesting because like all this new stuff's coming back sort of seeing it so i do recommend I'm enjoying
0: watching you like process it
2: <laughs> yeah i do recommend it and i give it a six
0: okay out of 10 what's that where hand i've forgotten now where is is that the second highest for you Charles play two slightly higher
2: yep and i'm altering my score on Charles play one after seeing Charles play three but i'll do that in the wrap-up mm-hmm. i won't reveal we'll how i've kind of changed my feelings on that one
0: okay yeah interestingly imdb agrees with you because like i always took it as this one would have a high mdb score because it's the like i say this is the fan's favorite by far like the majority of fans love this one but it's got a 5.4 on imdb which makes it the second highest imdb scored sorry, the third highest, sorry, my bad, the third highest so far, or the second worst so far on IMDb after the first film and then part two and then this and then part three comes afterwards in fairly quick succession between six and five, to be honest. So yeah, you are quite, you're at the moment other than where you place number one, which we'll find out when you get to the wrap up and stuff, you're pretty much in line with how critics, IMDb critics at least are thinking. Thank you. You should be.
2: (laughs) <laughs> Thank you yeah. very much. Well, what it's do you a- a-
0: want though? What do you want moving forward from this? Like, where do you want this to go after this?
2: Well, that's that's a tricky one because obviously it sets up the whole thing with this Chucky baby at the end, but also with the idea that Chucky always says that he'll always be back. Do I immediately want a Chucky, another Chucky film after this? I'm not even sure I do. Like, I've kind of feel like I enjoyed him at this point in time i enjoyed the new look i enjoyed the balance of his character of the crassness in his, and the sadistic kind of killer side of him yeah do i want to see more i i, I don't know i mean i don't know that's it's at the time what
0: you want to see is just like do you want any more chucky yeah do basically? i want
2: any more chucky it's like
0: do you want his baby to take over for him or do you want I, I do you want don't... them to combine the themes and it's his baby in foster care
2: <laughs> yeah yeah I just want him to be like a real doting dad and reform because he's had a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm so conflicted after seeing this. I've, I've, like, so I, I've, I wish I could be more articulate where I'm at right now, but I can't because there's, cause I'm so conflicted.
0: Do you want to see what happens to Katherine Heigl's character?
2: Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. All right. No, I, want to see, we, <laughs> I want to see more. See, of, if- I'm happy to see more of, of like a Chucky story. As as they did in this okay. one. So you're Answer. happy with
0: him being the lead, basically? So yeah. Then. Okay. Okay. Allison?
1: So I kind of had a similar moment last night watching this one to you, Alex, from the way you describe how you felt watching the second one in a nostalgic sort of way. So I realized last night, which like just for some background, this is the the kind of chucky that i've been wanting and waiting for like the in terms of his personality how he's interacting with other people his reactions to things like with something happening around him and you cut to him to see how what his response is and the reason i realized last night is because and i'm gonna keep referencing this and it's bizarre and i'm still not gonna say names but my friend's dad who owned the chucky mask this is very much his sense of humor. Like Chucky in this movie is the way my friend's dad responds to things—not the murdering side of him,
0: but like when. How do you spell woman? <laughs> B-I-T-C?
1: And all is of that stuff ra- reminds me of him. And I like I've known him my entire life, so I grew up with him and understanding his sense of humor and seeing him put the Chucky mask on and like associating those two characters together. That that's what I was like. Oh, well, Chucky must be this person's p- same personality. And so I love the scene of Jade and Jesse outside, like talking about how they love each other and they want to get married. And it cuts to Chucky and he's just like rolling his eyes and is kind of giving like a fuck off face and jacks himself off or does the motion of pretending to jack himself off. Like that kind of reaction where he's just like, this is fucking annoying. This is stupid. That's what I. Love, and that's what I've been waiting for, <laughs> 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 but he's just like not having it with anybody around him, Wow, and from I think you're right, like the the bitch scene the bitch scene and quote didn't bother me just because like he's they have just referenced that he's a little baby doll and he's locked up in a cage and he's playing with a child's toy, so it just it feels less scary. <laughs> That he's, like, obviously he's pissed and he's locked up and he can't do anything right now. So, of course, he's going to call the woman the bitch because she put him in there right now. So that didn't bother me. I agree with you, Alex. The plot, the overall narrative, a lot of it, they rewrite a lot of rules, which don't make sense. Obviously, the biggest one being the amulet introduction. I normally, I don't I don't notice, like, the technical things typically, like the progression of Chucky and how smoothly he's walking now, or if I prefer his movements in the first one versus the third one versus the fourth one. Normally, and this goes with most movies, I just the narrative is what kind of helps me decide if I like the movie or not. And it could look like shit and I could still love the movie just because I really love the story. So unless there's something really, really huge that takes me out of it, that normally just kind of goes over my head. So it's weird because the narrative's not great here. There's a lot of holes and it it very well could be because we're coming off of the first three having seen them so recently and we're just doing these back to back that we're hyper aware of the rules they've already set up for this world that bothers me that hole in their narrative with the series but I think I just loved it being focused on Chucky so much that it didn't bother me as much and I like I I had so much fun watching this last night and I think also a lot of it had to do with the fact that I was watching it with LaDen and I was able to you know, have reactions and share those reactions with somebody else who is reacting the same way. And there was a lot of yelling in our apartment last night and laughter, which made it a lot more fun. So I would absolutely recommend this. It's not an amazing story, but it's hilarious. And I love that it follows Chucky and not the main teenagers. And I have not I've not seen enough slasher movies or slasher franchises to like even register that I should normally like be focusing on who's the final girl oh it's got to be this person this is the one who fits all these stereotypes like I don't think about any of that stuff just because I haven't I didn't grow up watching a lot of these so I never it never crossed my mind that like Jade or Jesse were supposed to potentially supposed to be main characters I was just always assuming we're seeing a lot of this person it's their story but yeah, I, I would definitely recommend this. It's a lot of fun. I
0: so that's a ten out of ten, like Alex. Exactly.
1: Pletcher. Eleven out of ten. Exactly. <laughs> Last I am going back and forth on whether I think because my sister's been a- talking to me about Chucky and she wants to watch some of them and she doesn't know which ones to watch. And I I definitely would want to tell her to watch this one. And I'm going back and forth on whether I think she should watch the first one. First and then watch this one just because you don't, i think you you, i mean you could easily watch this fourth one and understand all of it and you get enough of the background that it makes sense to you obviously there's going to be stuff from the first one that people who have seen it understand and will just go over the head but it doesn't create any problems and like you said alex it's probably helpful to not know the rules they've already established because then you're not upset
0: i would arguably say it makes to more sense to just sense, watch just to this one on this yeah one. so i'm going
1: back and forth <laughs> yeah. on that on if i don't know there's something about the first one that i like yeah. that i want people to see it i would want i don't know
0: i think it's useful just for context to see look how different yeah you know just from this one is where it started and then four, here's so different 10 years later yeah so where do you want it to go next and roughly roughly what would you score it obviously we'll get back to it and i'll wrap up
1: roughly i think i'll give it a seven or a seven and a half
0: Ooh. I. Wow.
1: Yeah. I just, I like all the one liners. And so th- the narrative really bothers me, but I love like Tiffany quoting her mom all the time. I love Chucky being an <laughs> asshole. I love all of the references. And I feel like this is a movie you could go back to and watch and catch more references every time you watch it. So yeah, all of that just bumps it up higher for me, even though the narrative could have definitely been better
0: so you want more of that i'm guessing from a sequel then
1: more of the comedy side of it more of the more of the humor yeah more i of mean the, i yeah, love like comedy whole... it's hard because you don't want them to do the same thing but if they were able to still keep chucky's dark comic, dark sense of humor assuming chucky's still going to be in it i'd be very happy it would be it would be interesting to see Chucky as a father figure, just being like the worst father in the world, but like still caring for the baby.
0: <laughs> it just said in real time; it's just ninety minutes of him just like to cussing his child diapers. out, being
1: like, "Why are you so fucking dumb? Why can't you do, you know, whatever?" If the kid's like four <laughs> and can't function on his own or her own, who knows? So I'd like I like Chucky's personality in this one, and I hope they stick with that in terms of what I'd like to see happen. It's hard when they end like this and you you obviously know the next one's called Seed of Chucky and you end on a baby being oh, born. Spoilers. Spoilers, <laughs> Claudia's father dies so. <laughs> <laughs> we may as well just do the podcast now. How did everybody feel about the first okay. death in Seed of Chucky?
0: Well, I'm excited for next week <laughs> when you do Seed of Chucky then Ali, I really am <laughs> because yeah, well, yes. You might be getting some More of what you are. More spoilers? no i'm just i'm just okay. yeah all right let's just not we'll wait till next <laughs> friday but i'm excited to see your reactions to how you take in to chucky yeah i so i've been pretty clear you know the things i definitely enjoyed in this movie i think chucky looks the best he's ever looked it doesn't fit for a more sinister slow burn movie you know so you can never do charles play one like this because <laughs> clearly he's a nightmare but i love how he looks in this if you're moving forward with him more as a as a horror icon which is what they were doing this is a great redesign for it. Somebody humor works for me. And I like what they're trying to do. I think, like I said, I feel when I got halfway through, I was like, there's a funny film in here somewhere of comedy of errors between these two different couples. But you have to be a very smart writer, I think, to get that right. And then very good actors to pull it off where you have this sort of parody between the two different couples and the trajectory of the rom-com that they're both on. And this movie didn't pull off either for me at all. It definitely pulls off the dolls. Way better than the humans. The humans are useless in this film.
2: No one should pull off a doll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry, I was trying to myself. get through it. <laughs> I was trying to get through it and I saw you just like leaning in.
1: Getting
2: ready.
0: <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the doll stuff it's like, it's funny for me, maybe 10 years ago, and maybe for like 10 minutes, but. It just never did it for me. Like, I don't, like... It's one of the reasons I'm not a big Freddy fan. I don't like my villains to be making jokes all the time. So I'm kind of the opposite of you, Ali, and the opposite of you, Alex. With it, Like, it just doesn't... It's not what I want from him. But if they are going to do that, then I want it to be fun. So did I have fun? No. No, I didn't. Like, the most fun I have with this movie, honestly, is from the director. Like, I think the director... It's an MTV movie. Let's be clear. Like, this is an MTV flashy movie which is a very particular thing in many ways i think the first movie is directed better because it's done more traditionally and more gracefully and more sophistication this is a showy mtv movie but that's cool in its own way it's less cool now than that was in 1998 because i remember being quite impressed at the time with how it was shot there are still shots in here which work and he does ambitious stuff and i want to see more of that for sure i think these are films where you could do some fun stuff with cameras putting it in weird places because unlike any other horror series well that's untrue puppet master and stuff I'm guessing do the same but you have villains of different heights that can get into different places that can occupy different spaces you know and that's really cool you could do cool things with the camera and he starts to do it a bit here but not entirely so I'd like to see more stuff like that I don't think this is a okay look I think this is a bad movie and I kind of had the opposite thing from New Alley. I watched it with some people in the room and it maybe hindered me even more. I knew I already didn't like it as much as most people from when I'd last seen it. But watching it with people and the people around me were definitely not into it. So it's kind of like, yeah, if you're with someone who's enjoying it, then absolutely maybe you can have more fun with it. I do think it's a bad movie at its core, but that doesn't mean you can't have loads of fun. There's loads of bad movies that are lots of fun. And I think it's humor, so it's subjective. And if you're into this kind of humor, then you'll probably have some fun there, you know, here and there and be able to override what you both have been able to, which is, yeah, bad story, bad human elements and all that stuff. Just concentrate on that dull fun because it's there, like it is. For me, it's just not a human, that works. It maybe made me chuckle twice. Like I say, my favorite bit that's still, like I'm smiling just thinking about it is him drinking out of the fishbowl. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that does it for me more than anything else that's kind of said. You no, know, I'm not gonna, I can't recommend it to people I certainly wouldn't recommend it if you're not a horror fan or not a Chucky fan. What would I score it? Fuck, I don't know. Because in some ways it's like, well, this is competent filmmaking. Like it's made better than so many of the other ones. But I don't like really what it's trying to do necessarily. It doesn't, it's not working. Fuck. Oh, whoa. I really don't know. I really can't even ballpark it. Like it's going to be somewhere right in the middle. It's going to be somewhere right in the fives for me, I guess. In terms of clearly there's some skill going on here in the filmmaking. The puppetry is definitely the best it's been. And it's hard to judge something when it's just not to your tastes. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm not saying it's all terrible. I'm just saying that the bits that work for some people aren't working for me.
2: He's saying basically that I have bad taste and Allison, your taste is just really
0: shit.
1: Oh, that has been said (laughs) in a quote on the podcast of him calling my taste in movies trash. So yes.
0: But now we've educated you with good movies like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Yeah, that was We were watching
1: Danny Boyle movies and you were like, you'll like this one. You like trash. And now you're like, here, watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Child's Play. These are quality (laughs) movies.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What do I, where do I want it to go next? Unfortunately, I know where it's going next, but where I'd like it to go next is Tiffany dead let's let's abort this baby straight away just get it, get rid of it i don't care someone steps on it in the first scene of the next movie <laughs> don't want to see that film i want chucky back that's the only character like i said i want him back i don't mind him being the lead let's just make him the lead then fuck everybody else let's just focus on him and get another stylish director to do something cool with it <sighs> yeah that's basically it i would love it to go back to being scary there's no way you can do it from where it is right now So I'm kind of stuck with you have to continue with Chucky. I just want him to be... I would like to get more malicious and I like it being more his solo journey. Sure, if you want to use this amulet, let's keep using the amulet in some way. But we will get to all of that then next Friday when we're back for Seed of Chucky. It took them six more years until they made a sequel to this movie. And it is renowned as one of the most controversial horror sequels. We'll get to that, yeah. You can head over to wearegeeks.com to check out all of our podcasts. so Every single Friday, we put up one of these horror franchises. We've done Friday 13th. Tonight, we're on Elm Street. We've done Invasion of the Body Snatchers. We're going to be doing some other ones in 2018. We just did Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I should say. And we do occasionally non-horror ones. We've done Danny Boyle. We're doing Star Wars right now and the lead up to Last Jedi. You can also check out our topical podcasts that go up almost every single Tuesday where we cover games and movies and just what's happening that week what we're playing what we're watching news reviews things like that you can also go to weirdgeeks.com to then email us or if you don't want to you can just type in mail at weirdgeeks.com mail at weirdgeeks.com send us your comments let us know any series that you want us to cover any advice anything that you disagree with in our reviews and really really what it helps us out is if you go to weirdgeeks.com and branch over to itunes then you can subscribe to us and you can leave us a star rating it makes a huge difference i don't think people realize that making doing the star rating changes things on itunes for us it gets you in front of more people it allows us to keep doing this more often because we do this for free we're never going to do advertising we would really appreciate it if you could help us out just by taking that 30 seconds to go and do that for us also, if you're on WeAreGeeks.com, you can branch out to our publisher, WeAreTessellate.com, a film production company run right out of London, LA, and Tokyo, where we're making our first feature film right now called Starfish. And you can learn all about that on our social medias and also on our personal social medias and our weekly podcast. I am Mr. R White on all the social medias and also on the Xbox, Allison, What?
1: Did you? Allison. Oh, I heard Watson and I was like, what? <laughs> Katie?
0: No, <laughs> no. Nope, nope. <laughs> just good just more pregnant pauses at the end of this That's
1: good <laughs> you can find me on instagram if you'd like my username is ali sue
0: alexander
2: find me on twitter and instagram at alexander chard nice and easy tell me your thoughts on chuck air <laughs> peace gigs